Welcome, welcome, welcome. Let us begin. It is Thursday, feels like a Friday, July 29th. What? Huh? This show happens each and every day at about this time, each and every workday at about this same time. From the Baldwin Ace Hardware Fear Bunker Studio, the Eric Zane Show podcast begins now. Yes, hello. Yes, hello. Sean Gotti here, coming to you from Raleigh, North Carolina. And there's not a single radio show around here that's worth a damn. So I'm listening to the Eric Zing Show podcast, coming to you live, Monday through Friday. So sit back, get your trays in the upright position, feet and elbows out of the aisle, because here he comes, Eric Zane. told my uh, stepbrother just the other day uh, his name is Joe that is uh, Wally's son my dearly departed mother's husband I said I still get excited when I know the microphone is sending messages to you via the live stream or recording me on the podcast I still feel an excitement there is intense as it always has been and that makes me happy oh my god so thank you for taking uh, an amount of time to be here for this even despite the fact that uh you know i'm in i'm in a dormer above my garage you must always have that type of uh excitement i guess if you want to keep enjoying what you're doing so i thank you for making that a reality by being here part of this a daily show where I discuss uh, news, nonsense, and my personal adventures each and every day of the week. And, uh, my gosh, I, I, I do it. I record everything that's happening right now while I'm live streaming Facebook.com slash Eric Zane fan page. If you can find it, uh, uh, be able to muster up the strength to be able to share this on Facebook. Thank you, or, or give it a like. That helps your old pal, Eric, and it's brought to you by Irvine's Auto Repair, Grand Rapids Hybrid, and EV. More on them in a second. I spent time with them yesterday. That merry bunch of people that helps me. Uh, that's part of yesterday's drama. The, the, the second I get done with yesterday's show, I start preparing for the next one. Oh, God. What now? Throw another log on the fire of craziness, of stupidity, of what? All of those things. That happens. They're not the stupid. Well, no. Hell, I didn't do anything stupid. They didn't do anything stupid. It's just remarkable the things that happen uh, on a daily basis. Uh, Periscope video on Twitter brought to you by Blue Frost IT. If you're watching there, retweet it with a snarky comment. As well, YouTube um, brought to you by MyPolicyShop.com, MyPolicyShop Insurance, Frank Fuss. Frank the Tank Fuss, buyinsurancehere.com. If you are on YouTube, subscribe to the channel, bell notification, thumbs up, and thank you. And, of course, wherever you download audio podcasts, that's where you find this show. Throw a uh, review at me if you would. I prefer, and hopefully I earn five stars. 
and you saying something pleasant. Occasionally, I will still get a hater that says something uh, extremely uh, awful about me. Uh, and boy, I you know, you'll see 10 good ones and one bad one. What was the one that said uh, uh, misogynistic, creepy, um, loves rape or something like that? It's like, well, can you imagine if I was all of those things, if that were true, how quickly Diana would uh, uh, come over here and put me into a tombstone pile driver and uh, turn my spine to powder? Holy shit. I have never been one for... Um, you know, there, there, there's some radio shows like uh, that just remarkable level of intense, ridiculous sexuality. I can't handle it. Oh, my God. Uh, back in the day when Stern was on, well, I never really listened to Stern, but anytime I would see old clips, I was like, oh, God. I like it when he's making fun of people and doing stupid shit, but when it starts to get really sexual like that, oh, God, it just drives me up a wall I cannot handle. I can't hang. All right. So, uh, yeah, I I don't want to say I have senioritis because I'm getting ready to take extended time off. But it's hard to not look past this. There's still a task at hand, and that is uh, spending significant time talking with you. But when you know it's right around the corner, uh, maybe a little bit. Maybe just let off the gas just a bit, kind of. But for me, that's not that much. Because I usually am like uh, packing the day full of busy work. So I think it's, uh, I mean, I don't know about you, but for me, letting go is tough. You're like, oh God, I'm not done with this. I'm not done with that. I need to, I need to meddle with this. Well, no, no, you, you must learn. To, uh, to uh, let that go and just uh, realize that it, it's all going to be here when you get back, Dumbo. So relax. Uh, you've worked hard and uh, go. Uh, who was it? Melissa. She, uh, you know, I should just take her words to heart. She wrote something fantastic. Have a fabulous vacation. Everyone, uh, uh, well, she says, she's talking about something else. Uh, use the break as cooling off reflection. Come back with awesome stories. You deserve this, so enjoy it. Yes, thank you. I appreciate that. That's very, very kind. I don't know why I couldn't remember those six words that I just read. I had to, like, go. I could have just said, she tells, she tell, idiot. Um. But it's a little easier said than done. I think once you get going with, okay, really, really focus on not worrying about any of that for the first day or so, and then you'll kind of like, uh, you know, you'll be centered. You'll, you'll be away from it. So I just got to focus on that. God, I am just a uh, kind of like a psychological mess. But... I have gotten more in tune with listening to my brain. Strangely enough, what I 
bat around in my noggin is kind of on the forefront of people's brains today because of, I swear to God, the Simone Biles thing. She's like, I can't do it. I mean, first of all, I suck. Uh, what I mean by that is she, who knows what she's going through, but, you know, she struggled in that thing early on, and then she's like, all right, man, I'm a mess. I'm just going to either hurt myself or hurt the team, I got, and I'm just not right. I got to get out of it. You know, that's that's kind of what she's focusing on, and I have more on that because people are coming out of the woodwork to just lay waste to her. Oh, fuck. Yeah, yeah, that's that's a good idea. Take a run at the twenty-year-old who was who had uh, Nasser's fingers in her body uh, numerous times. Yeah, when she was a child. That's it. Take a run at the twenty-year-old who was repeatedly molested by a maniac. Yeah, sure. That's uh, that's fair, right? Okay. You assholes. Oh, my God. The fuck is going on? I can't get that damn Dixie Chick song out of my head. <laughs> you know, it's just so chipper and fun. I, I, I think that that is, I think, and by the way, yes, formerly known as Dixie Chicks, now known as Chicks. <laughs> I sang it yesterday on the Patreon. The fact that that song is about, is the happiest song in the world with na-na-na-na-na-na-na. And it's about murdering someone. It is the happiest song about murder that has ever murdered. Because Marion, Marion and Wanda are, are buddies growing up. You know, they're, they, they've got the lemonade stand. They got, uh, they uh, probably fighting over a boy as they grow up. And Marianne, Marianne goes on to be successful somewhere in Atlanta. And Wanda settles for this piece of shit Earl and then two weeks after she got married Wanda starts getting abused she, uh, she put on uh, what, uh, dark glasses and long sleeve blouses and makeup to cover the bruise I mean the, the rhymes are perfect uh, every word has meaning it's a very underrated song and all while describing murder you're happy think about that that's, that's ridiculous so then after she gets put in intensive care, because that fuckface Earl walked right through the restraining order and put her in intensive care because she filed for... It wasn't two weeks after she got married. So she files for her divorce. Earl walks through the restraining order, puts her in intensive care. Wanda flies in from Atlanta on a, uh, on a red-eye flight, um, held Wanda's hand, and they, they, they figured out that Earl has to die. Let's kill him. Let's kill Earl. So they poison him. Uh, Wanda makes the black-eyed peas, and, and Earl's eating them. He's like, hey, man, things taste a little fucked up to me. And she's like, oh, no, man, that black-eyed peas taste all right to me. You're feeling weak? 
and then they uh, they they throw him in a tarp, and he's gone. They have murdered him, and you couldn't be more happy. Oh my God! And this this song, uh, you know, it got it was remarkably popular about murder, and it, it makes me so happy. It's just hilarious that they pulled that off. All you have to do is have the right tempo, the right uh, chord progression, throw in the na-na-na-na-na-na here, and you can write a song about murdering someone. Yes. What a, what a great thing. Uh, and then they, uh, the, the cops show up. They have no idea. And then Wanda, I think Wanda and Marianne become lesbians because they, they, uh, they live the rest of their lives together. And, so, and that's whatever, you know. There, it, it's it's that's that's a very real thing that had possibility. I mean, if you're Wanda, uh, you 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 might as well. Uh, Marianne just saved your life from the scumbag. I could understand why you would have issues with dudes going forward. So, you you know, uh, I I said it long ago. Every single woman on the planet might have. Well, no, probably does have. In fact, does have a small degree of lesbian tendencies. But for that matter, dudes do too. They just they're just uh, they just cover it up better. Women, no. So uh, it, that song is so stuck in my head. I sang it yesterday on this on the Patreon podcast. Joe Morin uh, uh, reaches out to me. Eric. You sent me an audio clip, and I have it ready to go. This is what my dog sounded like. So my dog sounded like while listening to you murdered goodbye Earl. By the way, if I take my headphones off, the dogs will hear this. I'm going to see if they react. just lifted his head up <laughs> doing the old RCA dog head turn you can't see him but he's doing it he's absolutely doing it I'm sorry baby Joe writes Joe writes up I had to cleanse my ears before listening to the original. Oh, by the way, he says, I don't even own a dog. I, I wouldn't quit your day job, your friend, Joseph. Shut up, man. All right. That's how it's going to be today. Uh, yesterday on this show, I, uh, I got done podcasting and singing great songs perfectly. Pitch perfect like that. And um, I got a heads up from my friends at Irvine's Auto Repair Grand Rapids Hybrid because there was an issue with that 2015 Civic. Now, this is the one that's a hybrid. This is, uh, and so I take it over there, and they, they say to me, they go, okay, um, good news. Everything that's wrong with this vehicle right now that's causing you trouble there was some type of thing. It's almost like a recall. 
But they made it so that uh, everything that uh, uh, all these codes that come up, they say if, if your car falls into these parameters, you're going to be able to get it repaired for free, for freaking free. And I go, OK, awesome. This is good. He goes, however, we can't fix it. I don't like t- turning business away, but you have to have it done at a dealership. And I go, no problem. All right. So, I mean, that's that's how they roll. Um, I go there with the queen of the forest and i talk with uh megan her dad eric and bruce okay the main uh the main tech guy and they explain all this to me and uh off we go i i go over to the dealership and this is where i actually bought this is actually at sarah honda uh where i uh, bought that car and i go okay hey this is what they showed me at uh at irvine's and they go, yep, looks like it checks out. They are right. This is all going to be taken care of. Okay, now here's where it gets weird for me. This is where the anxiety attack comes in in my brain. Every time I take the car to Irvine's, they say, Eric, okay, if I go there to get one thing done, they say, okay, you might want to keep an eye on this. We can repair this right now if you want. And uh, he, you know, like for example, the uh, radiator fluid or the or the brake fluid. They go, this is the color of what the fluid... This is... The fluid in your car looks like this, and there's like a picture of it, and this is what it should look like. And, it, the, you know, it looks like shit. They go, yeah, you might want to get this checked or whatever. And I'm always like, okay, maybe. Yeah, I know. I know. But, you know, see, so these things add up. You want to you wanna take care of them and hammer these things out. All right? Um... While I'm while the car is at Sarah, they take that opportunity to say, "Hey, uh, you've got this problem," and and a lot of what they suggest is similar to what Irvine's is suggesting: uh, radiator, uh, coolant, um, uh, tune-up, like new spark plugs. And every time Irvine's tells me this thing, I'm always like, "Oh, I swear to God, oh, uh, I can do that." It's like, who are you fucking kidding? You can do that. No, you can't. And first of all, you never will. You, you just won't do it. And this is why your car falls apart. You don't take care of it appropriately. So I have this, this combative lecture with myself about it, okay? Uh, folks at Sarah, they're like, yeah, hey, you should get this taken care of. So now I've got two group of experts. Now, I, when it comes to maintaining the car, I don't do anything unless it's done at Irvine's, unless they specifically tell me to go to the dealership like I'm at. Stevie Stevie uh, throws another log on the fire. That's got to be 300 seconds. Is the basement painted yet? You know the answer to that. I'm tempted to put you in timeout, but I'm not going to. Yeah, just avoid that. No, it's not painted yet. And I look, hold on a second here. You you went down that road. I'm going to respond. You guys make it seem when, with questions like that, like I am sitting around doing nothing, like I'm like playing video games or doing something like that. I grind. I work my ass off. So don't even go there with me. Holy shit. 
Aram says, let Dean finish the basement while you are gone. No, I can finish my own fucking basement. You ever hear the news story where like the neighbor goes and mows the neighbor's lawn, his next door neighbor's lawn because it's too long. And then the guy who owns the property with the lawn, with the grass that's on, he gets pissed off and shoots him. That's me. Don't touch my shit. Stay away. Stay away from my house. I'm not even kidding. Some of you are like, oh, no, we're going to go. We're going to do it. I, I know what you guys think. Don't do that. Don't do that. I, I, I Seriously, I don't want you to do that. Stay away. Uh, Michael says, we just thought you might put what's important to the queen higher on the to-do list. Hold on, fucker. You know what's high on the to-do list? Income. That's number one. You guys act like I'm sitting around fucking having a party. It, that is not uh, that is not happening. No, I I work my ass off. I know I know what that's the top priority. Pay for the roof over the head. So And then today she's like uh Dirk says we can do a, a Christmas in July break in and get it taken care of. No, you guys, seriously, I, I want to do this myself. You got to let me do this. Richard, thank you. Talk some sense into these people. He can paint his own fucking basement. Haven't you ever heard of a retirement project? Thank you. That's what I'm working on. I'm trying to earn uh, a retirement project. Megan says, okay, but can we just drink with the NFK? Yes. Maybe some beer pong and flip cup, but he is not going to want you around here. If you bang on the door and show up here and say, hey, we're here to keep you company, he's going to want to stab you. Again, this is a guy who locked himself in the closet or in the, uh, in the pantry when someone new walked through the house. I would not do that. I, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't do any of these things that are being discussed right now. Where was I? I was going to mention something that I forgot I was going to say. Oh, shit. No. All these are terrible ideas. You guys are just fucking with me now. So, when I'm talking to the guy at the dealership, he's like, okay, yeah, we'll take care of this. There is no charge on that, obviously. Honda wants to fix it. So, that whole warranty thing. Yeah, the uh, radiator fluid, uh, you got to change that, and you got to change your brake fluid, and you need new, you need new this, you need new that, and uh, uh, the estimate is it's going to cost you $19,000 to get this car the way it should be, and I'm like, oh, shit. I'm, of course, exaggerating, but he did say you need a wheel alignment and a tire rotation. I'm like, oh, shit. Oh, my God. He goes, yeah, your tire's looking pretty chewed. It's like, fuck, I just put those tires on. What? So right away, I was doing limo work and I have an anxiety attack because I'm getting the vehicle out of uh, the shop soon, like in the next day or so from getting the warranty work done. And I, uh, I have I know I have to spend some money to get and I'm like, wait a minute. Hold on. Relax. 
You don't have to do it all at once. Take care of them. Maybe well, one, and then a couple weeks later, go back and do another one. No big deal. Just, just, just get it done. So, Megan, just know that um, after I get uh, this vehicle back, upon sometime in the next week or so, I because and and Megan says no, 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 don't listen to them. But you know, truth be told, Bruce did tell me there are some things that need to be taken care of on that car. And I think it's important that I get them taken care of because I don't want the fucking car to go kablooey on me because I uh, I haven't taken care of it, you know? All right. Eric, they got to get their money somewhere. This, uh, they're not getting it from the warranty work. This is true. This is true. But at the same time, my good friends at uh, Irvine's have said, look, you need this taken care of. And I trust them. And you should too. Okay. But anyway, it kind of wrecked me. Maintaining a car is expensive. Holy shit. Uh, Limo work yesterday. And this is how this unfolded for me. So I get done with this. I go and I I visit Megan and Bruce and Eric. And Diana is with me. We say hi. We get that car. We drive to the dealership. I'm in my truck. She's driving the Civic. We drop it off. Good to go. They have ice cream bar there. You're like, what? In the service area, they have ice cream bar. I don't know what the fuck is going on, but uh, I see Rick, who is a general manager there, uh, Rick Cliff, and he goes, Eric, how are you? I go, I'm doing well, Rick. Good to see you. You know, this is one of my sponsors. He goes, uh, and Diana's already got, I turn around, she's gone. She's, I, in the next, I finish up business. I turn back around. She's got ice cream with the sprinkles on. I go, oh my God, that didn't take long. She goes, they got an ice cream bar here. And I go, holy shit. And uh, Mr. Cliff comes up. He goes, hey, Eric, go get an ice cream. It's, it's ice cream bar day. And you know what I said? No. I can't. I'm watching what I eat. Yes! This is a victory. This is a victory. No. No, Mr. Cliff. I'm watching what I eat. Ha! sidestepped it little victory go home i have a day of limo driving i packed my lunch it was cauliflower carrots broccoli a pile of raw vegetables and water now truth be told i ate that was my snack the whole day i did have a sandwich uh, in the evening, but I had to eat. I mean, I just had a sandwich, no big deal. But hell, that was a win. Okay, the sandwich was fries on the side, but uh, that's better than pounds of sugar, which is what normally happens. Normally, I get done with the limo work, and then, you know, it's uh, 10 o'clock at night, and then I have uh, three or four giant bulls of freaking uh, 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 fruity pebbles or something like that, and then immediately just go to bed, brush my teeth, go to bed. No! I kept the car on the road. Uh, uh, still hovering around 173 pounds right now, which is remarkable considering the other night I was 179. I think it was all poo and water, like I indicated before, but my God. Um, I'm, I'm downtown, and by the way, this this family that I'm with, it's six people, okay? You got a mom, you got a dad, you got daughters, you got son-in-laws, uh, you know, the whole deal, six, six people. Uh, really a different 
uh, level of uh, interaction culturally because uh, the last group of people in my car, it was all black people. This is all white people. And the black people are listening to all these terrible songs that are, I mean, it just took all my focus to just worry about the road because how unnerving is it to hear uh, a, a, a giant pack of people in the back uh, uh, listening to songs? It's bad enough. I don't know what's worse, a group of white people singing songs and listening to songs with the N-word in it or black people. Either way, it makes me uncomfortable. I don't like it. Uh, and then the, the the sexually graphic nature of the music, like Cardi B and these other rap stars that are just saying terrible things. This is what people listen to these days. And I, I'm too, I, I, it's just, it's beyond me. I'm, it's, it's, a, it's a different world. My God. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, we would listen to like two live crew. And I was 17 years old, and that was pretty, uh, pretty raunchy, even by today's standards. Um, but now you've got 30 and 40 year olds. This is what they listen to. The same way you might, I might listen to like Dixie Chicks singing "Goodbye Earl," and they sing it at the top of the mountain in the car, and it's fucked up. I can't. I don't. I can't hang. No. So white people, black people doesn't matter. Uh, but this this group of people they were unicorns because they get in the car and they're complete nerds all right and why how how could you possibly say that because I, as serious as a heart attack i'm not making a bit of this up they get in and you know that song that uh accompanies that uh, that thing called being rick rolled uh, uh rick astley never gonna give you up or whatever the fuck it is that that ginger creeper guy who dances like an asshole and sings that stupid song Oh, my God. They actually started rocking that song to start our adventure last night. Now, we're going from brewery to brewery. So I've got this car full of white nerds listening to that. And then they they, they pumped up like uh, Take It on the Run by Ario Speedwagon. I'm like, oh, my God. I don't know what's worse. Uh, and then but what, as the night went on, they got shit-faced. And... Uh, they did bust out Cardi B, not not uh, WAP, but uh, what's the one where she's talking about? Uh, I got money moves or something like that. It's like her previous body of work, also terrible, uh, but catchy. So as they got drunker, they kind of came more towards the uh, uh, other level of music that I listened to in the car. So that was neat. That was fun. They, uh, I watched one particular person in the group. This is how it went. Our final stop was a restaurant in downtown Grand Rapids. And uh, I get a phone call from so-and-so, and he says, okay, we're, we're ready to leave. So I bring the car around, and uh, I get out, and I'm just waiting patiently. One member of the party comes out and goes, hey, hi, how you doing? He goes, you got any cigarettes? I go, no, I don't, I don't have any cigarettes. He goes, ah, damn. Gets in the car. About 10 minutes goes by. Two more members of the party come out. We now have three of the six. Ten more minutes passes. The dad comes out. And he goes, hey. It's across the street. We're closing out the tab. I no worries, Mr. So-and-so. Take your time. 
25 minutes later, I'm still standing there. He is still standing there across the street. Okay? Something's wrong. And I swear, as I'm thinking, someone's shit-faced, probably throwing up, because I noticed that the, the words were slurring more and more as the evening wore on. I go, there's only two people remaining, two ladies, a mother-daughter tandem. One of them's barfing. The door of the place opens up, and it just opens up right to the street. And mom has her arm around this loved one, daughter, I guess. Uh, daughter, daughter, I'm guessing daughter. And just they're walking slow and i go oh my god she's shit-faced and and uh the daughter is being helped out and the mom i you know i can't hear them i can just see what's happening i'm like okay this is it this is this is i found the snake in the grass this is this is the big one and uh they're taking little steps and then um again I, i can't hear them but then i do hear this uh, mom has said something to the girl, young one. Well, I should say she's probably in her 20s. Well, I'm sure she's in her 20s. And she whips around. She goes, no, mom. No. And I'm like, here we go. I look left. I look right. I look back across the street and drunk chick has vanished the car the sedan limo is blocking my view so i could only see chest up leading up to that moment now all i see from chest up is mom and you know what i'm thinking down goes frasia down goes sure enough i look and she's laying there she's laying there on the fucking sidewalk i'm like yes yes and then dad is like, oh, God, fuck, this is awkward. Oh, no, people are walking by. They're on those stupid scooters and the rent-a-bikes. They're going, oh, they're going by. They're going, oh, no, it is. here you go. So she's laying there like a fucking uh, a seal on a hot rock. And I'm like, oh, God. They get her up. She's going again, baby steps across the street. I'm like, please don't get greased by a car. So I'm like looking on their behalf and I'm like, I'm like, okay, hang on to the right. Uh, okay. Good on the left. Uh, come on. <laughs> and they get her going. She gets over to the car and I'm like, don't say a word. Just open the car door. And then, uh, now prior to this, dad has said, we've got you till eight. Can we go long? And I go, you mean you want to keep it for, for overtime? He goes, yeah. I go, yeah, I mean, let me just double check um, with dispatch to make sure that they don't need the car for another trip. And they didn't. So I go, you can go as long as you want. We can party all night, Mr. So-and-so. I will take you wherever you need. And he goes, oh, my God. Now, this is an older gentleman. And they are having a, an unbelievably fun time. Hell, if you start with never going to give you up and then you transition to Cardi B, you know it's getting out of hand. So they are making plans prior to this stop. It's going to be an all-freaking-nighter. And I am the chaperone driver in charge of this party. 
And uh, a little bit of air is out of the sails now because they got to deal with this. And they just like stuff her into the car. And they like climb. She's laying on the back seat. And I'm like, oh my God. And then dad, he's the last one to get in the car. And he looks at me like the way I'm looking at you right now with a a raised eyebrow. And he goes, I think we're going home. And I go, whatever you choose, Mr. So-and-so. Sounds good to me. Sounds like a plan. I don't say a word. I kind of half smirk. (laughs) Like I, I get what you're laying down. So uh, we get in the car. One of the previous stops, they were able to buy several bottles of wine. It's they actually one of the it's a tour, a brewery wine tour. So they bought a bunch of wine. It's in the front with me, and then I hear it. I want the wine. I, I love the wine. <laughs> no, no, honey, you've had enough. I want the wine. They're like, oh, fuck, we're going to have a problem. They go, hey, Eric, hand us one of those bottles of wine. I go, no problem. Pick it up. Stick it through the thing. And then they go, you have an opener. I go, I don't. We need an opener. I go, I've got you covered. Hand it to me. They hand me the bottle of wine back. I get out of the car. I go back into the bar. I go to the hostess. I go, I need you to, can you open this for me, please? She looks at me kind of funny. I go, yeah, I've got a car full of people. They want to they wanna drink some wine. She goes, no problem. Takes it to the bar. Open it up. Bring it back. I open the car door, and uh, the suspect in drunkenness, well, she's convicted. She's the one that's right there when I open the door. She goes, oh, my God. Yeah. She wants more wine. Here you go. I'm like, I've got limited time. We are moments away from barf. I have never, I've done this hundreds of times. I have never had anybody barf in the car. I've had someone pee, pee their pants, not had anybody barf. We cannot, I have to keep this winning streak going. So I'm like, I'm going as fast as I possibly can without, you know, getting, uh, uh, breaking the law too much. Oh, get him in the driveway. Come on out. Can we get a picture out in front of the limousine? Yeah, no problem. Get him out in front of there. Clicky, clicky. There you go. Off you go. Oh, what a time. Man, while that was all going on, while they were at the restaurant, okay, I, I told you I went and got a sandwich. There's a there's a diner right across the street. And I, they had this. They're known for these amazing Reuben sandwiches. I got to get a Reuben here. Man. Everybody's talking about these damn Reubens. So that's what I went with. And uh, just prior to that, I parked the car right in this spot right by the arena where the hockey team plays, where the Griffins play. And um, they, you know these scooters that every uh, a lot of these towns have where you just get on it, you hold your phone up to it, it charges your account, and you take the scooter and you ride off, which, by the way, somebody's got to freaking die on one of these, okay? Uh, it's bad enough people are drunk walking in the street, all right, and getting hit by cars, 
Uh, sure, let them have scooters and bikes. And uh, you know, I'm kind of like a, uh, it, I'm kind of old school. If I'm on uh, two wheels, I've got a helmet on. I'm a dork, okay? Because you know, uh, ten miles an hour, that's a closed head injury, and uh, then someone's spoon feeding you uh, for the rest of your life. But anyway, all these drunken people are on these stupid scooters. Um, the, the the kids that were on these weren't drunk. They were they were kids, like fourteen and fifteen year olds. They have uh, um, finished using the scooters. And are in front of the diner now, but they they stop. They didn't stop them on the sidewalk and parked them. They stopped them right in this service drive. So I can't really even get the car into there, and I'm going to stay with the car. So I have to move the scooters. So I get out of the car and I I, I roll the scooters to the sidewalk, and I hear hey, and I look, and there's this group of kids, and. It's pertinent to the story. They're all black, and I'll explain why that's pertinent. You'll figure out why in a second. And so all these black kids see me, and they go, hey! And I go, yeah, shut up, black kids! No, I didn't. I didn't say that. I go, hey, how are you? I'm just moving this. And they kind of look at me like I'm the fucking white devil. I'm like, shut the fuck up. I'll I'll deal with you in a second. Don't yell at me. So I I move these scooters over. I pull the car in. And then uh, I decide I'm going to go walk over and get something to eat. And, I, and I, uh, I, the kids see me and they go, uh, how much does it cost to rent a limo? And I go, well, um, I think it's about $80 an hour. Depends on the day of the week and the time. But I think right now, if you were to rent one of these, it'd be $80 an hour. They go, well, if we pool our money, can you take us for a ride? And I said, no. And she says, why? I said, because I've got customers and they're enjoying a meal right now. And then they're going to get in the car and we're going to leave. So I'm working right now. And I answered her. I didn't answer her in any snarky fashion. I was actually polite. And she goes, oh, the next question, I am not making this up. And I don't know what happened here. I'll let you fill in the blanks. She goes, you have customers right now? And I go, yes. Now, I estimate this is a 14-year-old, maybe 13, maybe 15, in that ballpark. And they're all there around, just standing around me. It's me and the blacks. And the kid says, you have customers right now? Yes. And she wanted to say, are they famous? Okay? And she didn't say that, though. She said, are they racist? I am not shitting you. She said, are they racist? And she put her hand over her mouth like she just fucked up. And she goes, I mean famous. And she's just mortified with what she just said. And her friend looks at her like she's crazy as fuck. What the fuck are you? I mean, she... What kind of question is that? What, what, what are you asking this fucking white devil a question like that for? He's got to fucking kick our ass or something, which is no way I could have. They were all taller than me. They would have beat. Uh, top story, Eric Zane gets beat up by a, a bunch of young black chicks standing in the street outside of the diner. So she asks me, are they racist? But then she corrects herself before I can respond and says, are they famous? I said, no. To both questions. <laughs> And she just laughs. And she goes, oh, okay. And uh, and that was it. She just walked away from me. It was the oddest thing ever. Uh, she went into the diner, and she ordered mozzarella sticks. 
and I ordered my Reuben sandwich with fries. And then I went back to the car. I opened up the back hatch. It's got, it's got a hatch. It's a gigantic Lincoln nine-passenger limousine, but the back opens up, and you can sit in the trunk area like you're tailgating. I'm eating. I get a text from Jackie, and it's a picture of me eating. Someone has taken a picture of me who knows who I am, who knows who she is, eating and sent it to her, and she sent it to me. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? I go, are you at this diner? What's? She goes, no, I'm with mom. Yeah, And I go, yeah, that's right. I just talked to you. So-and-so is there, and he saw you. And I go, oh. Well, who is it? She goes, my friend Will. I go, I don't know who the hell that is. She goes, yes, you do. He's been over the house many Are you like me? If you have kids, they, all these friends come over, and every time you see them, it's like the first time you meet them. Am I the only person that does that? Kids come walking in the house, young people in their 20s, uh, in, in Madison's case, 18, all going to college. I'm like, and uh, I go, who are you? Why are you in my house? They go, I'm Izzy. I've met you 10 times to spend the night here with Jackie. I go, oh, all right, well, have a good time. I always look at Adam with a with a wary eye, like, who the fuck are you? What are you doing in my house? Same thing with Jackie. She brings all these drunks over. And I'm like, ah, whatever, just don't drown. Just don't have any of that action here. Just take it easy. So anyway, that was my night. I take these folks home and uh yeah, I, I dodged a bullet with the uh, with the uh, no puking, but she was bombed. She was actually laying on the sidewalk. It was spectacular. What a moment. Uh, while on my downtime. Okay, so you drop them off and you wait. I started a new show. It's called Heist. It's uh, actually happened, true crime, which I love that. And um, it's the story of... Uh, robberies told by the people involved in the robberies. Six episodes, three stories. Each story is two parts. The first one is some fucking crazy ass thing with this 21 year old woman in 1993 is uh, falls in love with this career criminal con man and the guy uh these two like uh commit uh thefts to get money like various small time robberies five thousand here ten thousand here you know and they're able to pull that off they live off the cash they run out of money they're trying to figure out their next thing the dude kind of brainwashes the girl he's like in his 30s or whatever she's very young 2021 actually she was 21 uh she's head over heels in love with him okay you know when you're that young you can i don't know it's you hear about this time and time again almost like brainwashing people well he like brainwashes her and um and again she loves him convinces her to get a job with Loomis Armored Car in Las Vegas. And she gets the job. She's an armored car driver. The car goes to the casinos, and they always, like, 
clean, fresh money, clean being uh, crisp bills in the ATMs. So on a regular basis, they have to go remove money, put money in. She's the driver with two guys who are not crooked, and they're, they're the guys that they show, to the, show up to the casino, get out of the car with bags of money, and they go walk to the casino and change out the cash while she goes and waits. They have plotted this out and done it well. On this particular day, there's $3 million in the armored car. And all the while I'm watching this, I'm like, is this all it takes to steal an armored car back then is just be crooked and you just take it? Because, I don't know, it just seems to me like in 1993 you would have had uh, a, a more, I mean, like a, like a fucking low jack or a GPS on the car because the guys go in to change out the money and she just le- takes the fucking van with $3 million in it. And she just drives it to some uh, garage three miles away. And dude, psychopath, uh, they just take all the money, put it in boxes, and mail it to some place. They actually go to like a, uh, a, uh, like a UPS and have several boxes that they mail. This is brilliant. And then there's a private jet waiting. They, uh, and then now they're in a car. They've, they've left the van there. All the while, there's, you know, a chopper overhead and police car. Everybody in Las Vegas is looking for this, this Loomis armor. They got it on TV. They got her face on TV saying, all points bulletin, look for this hot chick. And uh, and, and and she's, you know, really, they, they don't know about dude yet. They just know she's gone. First, they were like, well, was she abducted? And then like, no, we don't think so. We think she stole it. And they were right. <laughs> Can't fucking find her. She is being interviewed in this whole story, okay? And so you're getting it from her perspective. So uh, the only people that do the talking, you've got actors that are acting out the scenes, the the, uh, crime drama scenes from stealing it, you know, uh, reenactments. But it's her, the actual thief, talking, telling you the story, along with... The two dudes who were walking around carrying the money who weren't in on it and uh, and also the investigators who eventually caught them. I'm assuming they were caught because that's just I mean, you, you kind of know that going in. So I'm not ruining anything for you. So I'm like, I'm all in on this thing. It is. They fly to uh, another destination and then they take a train to another destination. These two and they're going to meet the money. And uh, I, I had to stop it when they actually got their got to their destination. They, they they haul boxes of money into a hotel room, actually lay it all out like three million dollars of twenties, fifties, and one hundreds stacks of money. She takes off all of her clothes and lays on the money, like she's telling you what she did. Now, I don't know if they had sex because there's a lot of sex involved in this because the creep that brainwashed her, he's into something called sex magic, which I didn't know what that was. I'd never heard of that. Um, and she, she describes it a little bit, but it's a little, it's like some voodoo hocus pocus 
and they they somehow she describes it as harnessing the power of orgasm and i went like wait what and she describes it as yeah because when there's an orgasm you know that's just gone you know afterwards you're just kind of laying there and it's, it's like where does that energy go the claim is you 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 harness that power and you i don't know you do something with it i don't know if you're constantly it's really strange that's what sex magic is isn't there like a, a red hot chili peppers uh uh release called uh something sex magic i don't know weird but anyway she's involved in that 21 years old hot chick with 30 something year old um, a brainwashing idiot they just stole stole three million dollars she's laying on a pop pile of money and that's where it stops that's right that's where i stopped it so i <laughs> i can't wait to why there's like two other stories heist on netflix this actually happened all the while i'm, I'm going back to that that thing about the loomis armored vehicle how is it you don't have telemetry on those vehicles and you know yeah i know it's 1993 but that existed then um that type of uh uh, satellite um um you know if you if your vehicle gets stolen lojack's been around forever been around a lot longer than that that's what people put on cars uh on star you push hey where am i what the fuck is going on how is it that that was the thing but whatever okay so that's where we are right now. Senioritis is in full swing. So um, getting back to I have to stop working. Now, I, again, I didn't stop at all yesterday. Despite you guys making fun of me about not doing the basement and not taking that, I, I did. I worked all day. I went from working here to taking care of the vehicle, immediately going when that was done to the limo job. Um, so I didn't even have time to run yesterday. And, you know, that's, that's a, that's a complete red check missed workout. Well, you know, that all adds up with the whole race against Mike ball. I have, I would never, ever say that I'm throwing in the towel for that, but that gives you an idea of the level of complexity of trying to get this all done. All right. And I want to keep that on the forefront of everybody's brain because I don't really have the luxury uh, I mean, I can talk about it as much as I can, but I'm encouraging you to go to... In fact, I need to put up the link right now in the um, live stream. Where did I put it? Oh, shit. Hold on a second here. I don't have it in front of me, so what I'll do is I'll put it in the show notes of the podcast. The link, Mike Ball and myself racing for the AT Children's Project. $25 bet is what you'll make, and then you bet who is going to win, Mike or me, and you put the time down of how much you think your champion is going to win by. Closest correct um, um, choice gets a $300 gift card. Second closest, $200. Third closest, $100. So there's an incentive there. There's skin in the game in your $25 donation helps the at children's project i think i know it by heart actually let me try this again atcp.org yeah there it is Uh, atcp.org okay 
link that up for you. Okay. While you're watching this show, if you would click on that, or at least remind yourself to do it later on, that would be fun. Thank you. Because I'm trying to raise that money for the, um, for the uh, AT Children's Project. That would be awesome. We are, Mike and I both are. We all are. We always have. So, um, you know, it's especially important right now, um, as, as we've recently had another loss, that would be our, our beloved Kate Velding. So please, please, please uh, help us out with that. I, it would just uh, it would mean the world to those people over there. Thank you. Blood, Sugar, Sex, Magic, the name of that release. Terry says, can we bet on both of you guys for charity's sake? No, just drop your money and bet on one or put his, and you don't have to put, if you, if you, if you're uh, cash heavy, like if you're rich as shit, well, throw some serious dollars at that. All right. This is a ridiculously amazing charity for a disease that kills children and really, really puts, uh, I mean, a serious, my God, if you think about that, losing a child is just ridiculous but uh if your life expectancy if a child's life expectancy is early 20s i mean that's just unbelievable to think about but a very very real thing for these families this is an orphan disease what does that mean um it's kind of like it doesn't uh it it's uh so rare that you know you're looking at 500 people a year are diagnosed with at okay in the world maybe a little bit more than that but uh for in the u.s for sure you're looking at that type of number Okay, and but this disease, being that it combines the devastating effects of Parkinson's, MS, um, muscular dystrophy, the research that is accomplished to help treatment of this, and there is no treatment, nothing at all, not even anything to improve the quality of life. Stand by. Um, the research that is ga- that is worked on, and if there ever is anything to help out, will also help in all of those much larger um, those those um, uh, illnesses that affect a mar- much larger swath of people. And so, it uh, the um, uh, research would translate to those types of research as well. So, it is extremely important. And you know, honestly, they get money simply by things that we are doing here. It is not federally funded in any way it's all moms and pops bake bake sales lemonade stands 5k races cornhole tournaments stuff like that that's that's all the funding they get the most i've ever seen them raise in a year is like one and a half million dollars they are uh an a plus rated charity and uh, i think the amount of cash per dollars um spent is like 90 one ninety-two cents is go that goes towards research. Uh, the remaining cents on the dollar has to fund, you know, keep the lights on, things like that. So, please, please, please. All right, where am I? Uh, what was I going to talk about? Oh, um, so as I told you, and I, I know I, I'm only saying this for me because I know you guys are like, oh fuck it, don't even worry about it. There is no way in hell I'm going to be able to get uh, best of material for every day that I am off. I managed to get the Friday show done and the five shows after that. So all of next week, the following week, I got nothing. And I quite literally am running out of time. 
because, as I indicated, holy shit, uh, if I start working even a minute too late, Diana's alarms are going to go off and she is going to kick my ass. So I will be shutting it down on the free podcast and on the Patreon. Patreon, um, you won't really see anything with the exception of the lost Zane recordings. Other than that, I'm just kind of, I'm just pulling it back and then I'll be back charged and ready to go. Um, my God. Yeah, it's a, it was a tremendous undertaking. I'll be able to uh, get the insane asylum done for this week. And then outside of that, it's like, oh boy, I got nothing. So just a uh, programming uh, thing right there. All right, here we go. Uh, I would love to help your business in the open of this podcast. Uh, is brought to you by some amazing sponsors. And I want to help your business too. I just heard from somebody the other day, yesterday, um, Sexy Voice Andrea uh, has a pal who has a business. And I get this phone call out of the blue and she says, I understand that you might be able to help me get the word out about what I'm doing. And I'm like, well, hell yeah, I can. That's how it works. Thank you so much. This has happened time and again. Linda Hall reached out to the folks over at, uh, I think it's Fat Boy Burger, which I haven't yet, we haven't finalized anything. They haven't committed, but still, she put my name out there on her own. And then, you know, that's that's a referral. So thank you for that. Uh, same thing with Sexy Voice Andrea. She has a close friend who has a little, a little business, a little mom and pop. And I go, yeah, I can help you out. Uh, whether it's a small business or a large business, I can help you. The uh, uh, podcasts are pretty much uh, the go-to way for people to get content these days. They, no one listens to the radio. No, no offense, but I mean, it's kind of become, it's kind of been shoved into the background. It's just the nature of the beast. Uh, people get their content other ways now. So, uh, I mean, my reach is just as far as any radio program there is at uh, cents on the dollar. You won't pay nearly as much for the marketing. So I can help you reach out Eric at EricZaneShow.com and I'll tell you how it works. Spent a lot of time talking about Irvine's Irvine's auto repair, Grand Rapids hybrid and EV. Um, I mean, seriously, um, you, you should know the person who's fixing your car on a first name basis. You should be able to have that relationship with them and trust them. And that's, I mean, seriously, that's, that's kind of how they uh, built their business. I'm under the impression that if they decided to do any, uh, business any line of work because of their quote-unquote bedside manner they would be a success at it um you just surround yourself by people who know the industry and treat them well and you got a great business that's what they do so if you are in west michigan that's what you should take your car to irvine's auto repair grand rapids hybrid and ev uh, every time i have an interaction with them i am uh, reminded of how uh, amazing they are and that's a good thing to know, that peace of mind, knowing someone you can trust. Uh, the letter E, the letter R, E-R, Vines, Irvines.com. It's not I-R, E-R, Irvines.com. Go to their website, check them out, see what they do. Uh, anything to keep your car on the road, they take care of that. Servicing domestic, Asian, and European models. Irvines.com. I got a mortgage guy. It's, his name is Mario. The Mario Flores Lakeshore team of Van Dyke Mortgage. If you're in the market for a mortgage and if you're thinking about buying a house, then you're in the market for a mortgage. Get pre-approved, okay? Get pre-approved for the dollar amount that you are approved for, okay? Let's say it's a couple hundred thousand dollars. And then start looking for a house that costs about 20000 less. 
That's the way it is these days. For some reason, the housing market is in this weird spot where there's just not enough uh, inventory. So people are getting, uh, home buyers are getting into bidding wars. People put their, their homes for sale in an hour. They have 10 people bidding on it. And what happens between those bidders is it's who can go the highest. So uh, my advice is, uh, Mario's advice is, get your loan and then plan accordingly. Learn more by reaching out to Mario, 231-332-6505, anywhere in the U.S. except South Carolina, uh, Hawaii, Alaska, and Maine. And then Blue Frost IT. Okay. All of the other businesses in West Michigan that specialize in IT, either contracted work, or manage IT service provider work, or even just fixing your home computer. They get together every year for a big summit. You can't vote for yourself. They all get together, and they got to vote on who's the best. And uh, unbelievable. What an accolade. Blue Frost IT, number one in West Michigan. How incredible is that? Reach out to them. 616-200-8550. Online at bluefrostit.com. Reach out info at bluefrostit.com. Um, it's, you know, being this business what it is and doing what I do, I have to really get down to brass tacks as to what exactly they do. So I try to put you into a scenario from the customer point of view. If you have a business six employees, three computers, uh, a printer, a network, hard drive, monitors. Uh, shit goes south or it's old. You want to update. You don't know where to begin. Uh, maybe you want to retrofit your office with new line drops, new wall, new, uh, wall, wall uh, plugs, things like that. Or you're moving or you have new construction. You want to fit your office so that the computers uh, work well together, okay? The necessary uh, infrastructure in your workplace. That involves like cutting, hooking things up, uh, running lines through walls. That's project work. You call Alan from Blue Frost IT and you get a complimentary consultation. Okay, you need this, this, and this for new gear based on your needs because you're, you're the one who's telling him what you need. And then uh, he's pricing out how much it's going to take to uh, uh, make sure that the office is, is set up with the right infrastructure. It's all a project. Get a complimentary consultation from Alan. That's what you do. Not to mention the managed IT service provider work uh, for months to come. He is your boots on. He's, they are boots on the ground for you in terms of like, well, oh, my God. Hey, we got a problem here with this. Uh, I'm going to call Alan. Then he fixes it either remotely or shows up at your place. Blue Frost IT. Okay, I need to get into the Simone Biles nonsense. I mean, man, like clockwork. Yesterday when I got into this story, it was half an hour old. And I knew this was going to happen. It was starting, it was happening as I was talking to you. What is wrong? Why does this have to be? Why can't you just, I mean, she, she what, who gives a fuck? She wasn't cut from the right stuff for a day. She wasn't good enough and she didn't feel well. That happens. Oh, my God. But I got to pee. So we got to 
Take a break. So I get back from uh, doing limo work yesterday. My clothes need to be cleaned, dry cleaned. So, you know, uh, they're just, uh, it, uh, I, I take off the uh, vest. It's like the gay magician vest, black. Take off the dress shirt. And I just throw it all on the ground because I know it's going to the dry cleaners. Benny, the one-eyed wonder dog, has just now picked each article of clothing up in his mouth. And then he goes on the bed, drops it, goes back and gets another one, picks it up, drops it. And then he takes his paws and makes it into a pile of clothes and then lays on it. I'm like flattered by that. I'm assuming it's a scent thing and he, it makes him comfortable. I mean that, okay. Isn't there like uh, something that if a dog behaves, you can tell someone's an asshole based on how their dog reacts to them. Have you ever heard that one? You know, like if he, if some dick comes walking into the room and the dog's like, Oh, oh no. You know, he gets all he gets all affected. That's probably an indicator that he treats the dog uh, poorly. So I, uh, you know, my dogs love me. I they're okay. And while I'm looking at Bruce right now, he is 100% flat on his back with all four paws in the air. I wish I could turn this camera and show you. I'm gonna miss them. What the fuck am I gonna do for two weeks with no dogs? And I tell you what, there's that. I'm always worried when I leave for extended time that somebody is not going to care for the dogs the way I care for the dogs. Because I'm like, I watch over them like a hawk. And I have news, by the way. It just popped into my head. Just the other day, not long ago, uh, Daisy had this big growth on her front right leg. And it it was a quick uh, emergence of it. And I was like, what the hell? I told you about that. I go, what the hell is that? And I set it down. I go, what is that? She goes, oh, yeah, it's nothing. Now, this has happened time and again. Where, like, for example, the cat um, uh, had one day I walked up the steps and the cat had two different colored eyes. And I've told you the story. And then uh, that, I said, Diana, the cat has two different colored eyes. That's, that's, that's not right, right? And she goes, no, it, oh, that cat's always had this two different colors. I go, no, it, it, that, the cat's eyes have not been two different colors. One is black right now. The other one looks normal. There's a problem. No, it's nothing. I go, fuck that. I take the cat in. Turns out the cat has eye cancer. Actually, eye cancer. They removed, well, they didn't find that out until they removed it. They removed it. Yeah, it's a cancerous eye. Thank God you came here because we caught it early. It would have infected his brain. He would have been dead. Oh, my God. Uh, that happened. The same thing with, uh, we've had this happen with O'Neal. He was bad. He, he got a bad cut. Oh, should we take him to the vet? No, no, he's fine. I go, no, we absolutely should take him to the vet. They, they go, good thing you brought him in. They always say that. Same thing. Daisy, the arm, okay? They, they take, uh, um, uh, they, they go and they, like, remove this big growth. And then I just find out the other day, it, it's actually cancer. Daisy, it's soft tissue cell sarcoma. Cancer. That's the same type of cancer that killed Diana's mother, but this is in dog form. And this is, this is weird because... This cancer, it does that. It uh, it it uh, uh, grows f- fast and large, and if you don't get after it, it kind of forms like tentacles and then gets interwoven uh, into like muscle fiber and uh, 
uh, uh, nerves, and then you end up having to damage the nerves in order to repair it, uh, to get it out of there, and then it may have uh, this the um, it may have spread to the uh, other systems in the body that way. That's how soft tissue cell sarcoma works. But they said that Daisy, they go this this was uh, very very uh, um, contained. So they're 100% convinced that it was like a stage one cancer. But it could have gotten a whole lot worse. Oh, my God. I would not have known. I mean, seriously, that would have been the worst. So now I am like dying. Jackie's like, oh, man, you are you are the one. Don't ever let mom try to talk you out of taking. Because she says, Jackie says to me, if mom were in charge, all the dogs and cats would be dead. I didn't say it. Jackie said it. Did you hear that? Jackie said that to me. Diana is in the room and behind me right now. What do you think about Jackie saying that? I'm just repeating her words. You can't look at me that way. Huh? Come back. Come over here. Here, I'll hand this to you over there. Your thoughts on Jacqueline saying that if it, if it were uh, if it were you, all the animals would be dead. I think that's ridiculous. The only one that I screwed up on was Lincoln. I never said not to take Daisy to the vet. I never said not to take Buddy to the vet. Daisy's now pawing me. So it's a pretty. Uh, so that that's a pretty rude statement there, and inaccurate. Yeah, well, you're going to have Lincoln may be dead, but <laughs> if it wasn't for you, but I take very good care of my pets. Thank you very much. Yeah, but I take great care. This is true. I take the best. I am. Did you just hurt yourself? No, Daisy's scratching me. You just, I'm like hyper about it. If they, if even the slightest thing happens, I'm at the vet. Yeah, just like yesterday, I think it was, you go. Has Milo been eating? I go, yes. I go, why? He looks skinny to me. Yeah, he does. He does look skinny to me. So I go, keep an eye on him. I want to make sure he's been eating. He eats fine. All right. Sorry about that. Okay, okay see ya. Okay, I'm going to go run my errands now. Okay, your mic's okay. weird. I don't know what's up with that mic. I think it's nutty. <laughs> don't. Don't blow on it. Okay, see ya. Bye. See ya. Because you're on vacation after today. Yeah, absolutely. I know. I was just talking with him about that. Yep. I, I'll... Lots of sex coming, you say. Okay, all right, look at that. Hey, this campers are rocking, don't come a-knocking. Jeez, it's not going to happen once. All right. Uh, let's get into this Simone Piles thing. All right, this is what we know. 20-year-old. Uh, assaulted by Nasser. He's been through a lot. And uh, dropped out of the women's gymnastics team final. That is, and she said, citing mental health concerns. (sighs) 
Who the fuck does everybody think they are by just saying, you know, casting judgment on that? I, I, you know, I just, no one has any information further than that. And why can't we just take that for what it's worth? We live in a society where then everybody has to just go and rip them down, rip, rip somebody down. And I don't know, man. I don't know if that's the right thing at all. The, I, well, I, I know that that is not the right approach. It's just fucking stupid. And I expected this to happen. It was yesterday at, it was much earlier than this. It was like the, I opened the show talking about this. Because she got out and said, hey, hey man, I can't do it. And, uh, and that's all she has to say. And um, everybody starts giving her shit right away. Like, uh, like, if, if you, like if it was announced on Twitter, on CBS News, as, oh, uh, Simone Biles is out. You, you, the first thing we all do is I just, I just like to see who's being an asshole. That's all I do. I just like to see who's being an asshole. I don't ever, I don't really engage these random people. I don't know, man. And uh, so as the day progressed, it started, uh, uh, you know, it, and, and I, I talked about this yesterday. This is culturally divided. This is um, liberal, right-wing, black, white. It is. Okay? That's exactly what this is. Um, and so the, the nut jobs on the far right immediately go after her and uh the two that are coming up right now are the two guys that took over for rush limbaugh clay travis and buck sexton you've not heard of them more than likely but they've kind of like uh, taken that time slot so you know, it's all or nothing with this line of work. I don't know if there's a place in the world for someone who is not all one side or all the other side. To me, I mean, I would like it if I could listen to a show that fits that mold. In fact, I'd like to think I am, but... I'm doing a fucking podcast above my garage. So whatever. But I'm still pr- uh, pretty proud of, of how I approach this shit. These guys are fucking assholes. Okay? Make no mistake. It's like they decided, let's go get her. Uh, the claims of selfish and arrogant why do you fucking care? And what the fuck do you know? This article says, well, that didn't take long. Following superstar gymnast Simone Biles citing concerns of mental health after shockingly pulling out of the women's team competition, a number of conservative media figures and pundits attacked her on Tuesday for being a quitter and a selfish sociopath and had brought shame on the country. Okay. Yeah, right. Now, I would say you bring shame on the country, you fucking dicks. 
Universally considered the greatest female gymnast of all time, Biles followed up an uncharacteristically sloppy preliminary round with an unusually poor start in the team event Tuesday, later saying, I'm not in the right headspace. She withdrew. She looked lost during her first vault. With Biles cheering her teammates from the sideline, Team USA eventually won the silver. Uh, I know that this Olympic Games, I wanted it to be for myself. A tearful Biles said afterwards, I came here and I felt like I was still doing it for other people. So that just hurts my heart that doing what I love has been kind of taken away from me to please other people. Uh, I, I, I talked about this yesterday. You know, the Olympics, especially women's gymnastics, there's a coach back in the day named Bella Caroli. Now, he's public enemy number one now. This is the guy who went to build women machines like robots. And, you know, I mean, this, this fucking maniac would, uh, he did, you know, he would encourage women to, like, uh, you know, suck it up. Hey, you're a piece of shit. Get out there. And, like, almost women's gymnastics is a ridiculous game where these kids started at a super young age and then the parents kind of like hand their kids off to the coach and the kids for like 35 hours a week in addition to going to you know normal school trying to do normal kids kid things this is an incredible amount of uh, pressure okay so you know I, I in order to be the best and Team USA uh, for for years has been the best. It's a it's a pretty uh, uh, vigorous uh, way to live for someone so young. I would never dream of putting that type of pressure on a child, but it is. So finally, somebody says, "Ah, I don't want to do it again." This is the girl who's had Doctor Nasser's fingers in her butthole, who's been raped by a doc, Nasser. The 20-year-old gymnast who's been molested says, I, I, don't, I don't feel good. I don't want to do it. And the, all these motherfuckers go after her. What the fuck is wrong with the world today? This is not right. <sighs> after her error-prone preliminary round, meanwhile, Biles hinted that she was dealing with increased pressure and potential mental health challenges. She, she cracked. She choked. Whatever. whatever you know, it happens. It sometimes people crack. I feel like I have the weight of the world on my shoulders at times. Legendary gymnast has also spoken in the past about uh, the sexual abuse uh, by by Nasser. By the way, Nasser and Caroli were like a team. Okay, these two were like in cahoots. Uh, she's needed tons of therapy, anxiety meds. So, um, you know, that, that'll, God, I, I cannot believe these two radio guys that you can be so fucked up and about your, um, you know, a painting with such broad strokes that like, Hey, let's, Hey, what do you want to do today for the show? Clay? Well, Buck, let's, um, uh, let's, uh, 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 toe the party line of the other, uh, uh maniac right wing pieces of shit that we that listen to our show and let's go after the 20 year old girl who was raped let's let's call her selfish on our show fuck 
There's no way these people go home to wives that don't fucking beat the shit out of them, right? Unless they brainwash and belittle their wives and children. I mean, this is awful. They blasted Biles and blasted the praise she received for admitting her withdrawal was due to a mental health concern. Quote, the blue checks have already rallied to Simone Biles' defense and said, oh, it's so brave, Travis sneered, prompting Sexton to add, why is this brave? What's brave about not being brave? So he kind of misses the point there. He doesn't, he's not gathering the fact that, you know, um, admitting that you're weak and vulnerable, he doesn't see that that is a brave thing to do. He thinks the caveman alpha male uh, that he's appealing to says, you got to suck it up and go get them. <laughs> yeah. What's brave about not being brave, said Buck Sexton, because that's what we're talking about here. This is, quote, oh, you didn't stand up to the bully? so to speak. No, I think that's the not brave move. Fuming that they couldn't, quote, ever remember an elite athlete dropping out in this manner. The duo declared that this was the, quote, antithesis of what the elite athlete credo would be. Well, you know, people think differently. And maybe in the long run, that's good. Because these fucking morons don't understand. The world's changing. And I think that's a good thing. Because we're we're, we're not talking about a a grizzled old veteran fucking, uh, uh, you know, Tom Brady walking out uh, uh, on on one leg or something like that. Um, You know, uh, who was the basketball? Willis Reed uh, for the Knicks coming out. You know, back in the day, nobody gets that reference. Old man might get that reference. Uh, I think that's the the dude's name. Uh, That's a great poll if it is. Is it Willis Reed? I got to check. You know my brain. Yes. Willis Reed, game seven. Legendary moment. 1970. I just pulled something from the year I was born. God, am I awesome. Who the fuck does that? You see how great I am? I just had a pull from something that happened the year I was born. Willis Reed hobbled back out of the floor in the garden, inspired the Knicks to a Game 7 win. When I saw that, Walt Frazier said, something told me we might have these guys. Reed, though hobbled, finished with four points, three rebounds, but gave the Knicks all the inspiration they could have. See, that's different. That's a fucking grizzled old war veteran, you know? This is a 20-year-old kid who was raped, for God's sakes, and people just think differently these days. So, I, I don't know, man. It's a little different. So, they're like, oh, well, we've... Excuse me, hang on. We've never seen this happen before, so we got to go get her. Pierce Morgan, who I I kind of like Pierce Morgan to some degree, um, but I think he gets uh, in his own way, and I think he does here too. 
Uh, he got all up in Meghan Markle's shit when she said she contemplated suicide. I, th- I think uh, the uh, it, it really gets weird to me when that happens, when that's a particular thing, when a person says, well, boy, you know what? Uh, you won't believe it. I thought about killing myself. And then someone says, no, you didn't. That, wait a minute. How the fuck can you possibly say that? That's very strange to me. He also jumped at, uh, jumped onto Biles. And I honestly think that sometimes these guys just do it to appeal to their base. They're not really going with what they believe. They're going with what they think they should say to be able to increase their stock with who is engaging them in that content. You see what I mean? That would be like um, if I, you know, went... If a person decides to go uh, right-wing fanatic on their points of view and what they say, and they get a big response from it, and they realize, okay, this is what's making me money. I'm going to keep doing this rather than going with how they believe, what they really feel, you know? Just my assumption. Morgan said, Are mental health issues now the go-to excuse for any poor performance in elite sport? Well, uh, it might be a factor that may have been not talked about before. And they realize that, hey, you know what? I don't want to risk my life. So I guess in a way that might be true, but I, that doesn't mean it's not happening. What a joke, he tweeted. Just admit you did badly, made mistakes, and will strive to do better next time. Kids need strong mole, mo- mole models. Role models, not this nonsense. Conservative writer Amber Athey, for her part, labeled Biles a quitter while arguing that the gymnast lacked mental toughness and was self-centered for only deciding to withdraw after the competition had started. The suggestion here was that the only reason Biles dropped out was for fear of tarnishing her legacy. I, I, don't, I don't buy that. I just don't believe that. On the far-right website, The Federalist, Editor editor John Daniel Davidson was even more unforgiving, saying that Biles made the Olympics all about herself while leaning into the criticism that she lacked a certain mental toughness other athletes possess. Biles, this person wrote, this, this dude, Biles does not suffer from a specific mental illness, at least not what we know. Well, you said it right there. You don't know. So why are you doing an entire editorial based on it? Uh, we we know of or that's ever manifested itself before. What she experienced wasn't that. It was something more common among professional athletes. She got psyched out. All right, well, how do you know? She wasn't mentally tough when she needed to be, he said, adding, that's fine. It happens to LeBron James all the time, but when it does, you can tell. He stops trying and <laughs> lets his team lose. That's actually pretty funny. But instead of being ashamed of that or apologizing to her teammates and her countrymen, Biles seemed to uh, revel in taking care of her mental health, whatever that means. Well, dude, I just don't know if I buy that. Again, raped. 20. And then there's some podcaster named Charlie Kirk who made it even more nasty calls her a selfish sociopath and a shame to America. We are raised in a generation of weak people like Simone Biles. 
Dominique Moshianu is a decorated Olympian. You probably remember her. I'm glad I'm able to hear from people like her. This is someone who did it. She, uh, She competed in the 1996 games in Atlanta. And so, you know, she comes from a place of experience. These are the people that I, because I joked about it yesterday. I said, boy, if Mary Lou Redden comes out and says, fuck that, she's a pussy. I, I might have tendency to uh, say, well, she's speaking from uh, a place of experience. Moshianu participated in a, t- in a time when, you know, uh, it, there was a lot, um, there, there's a lot bigger consequences if you went against the grain, you know. Uh, Bella Caroli and all that shit. She responded to the backlash and illustrated why Biles, excuse me, my throat's killing me, was 100% correct in withdrawing from competition. It's a graphic video, but in the video, she writes, I was 14. uh, I had a tibial stress fracture, left alone with no cervical spine exam after this fall. I competed in the Olympic floor final minutes later. Uh, The decision demonstrates that we have a say in our own health, a say I never felt I had as an Olympian. And I'm talking about specifically women's gymnastics, which when they say women, they're kids. They're usually, it's not uncommon to see a 13 or a 14 year old who's got a body like the, the most unbelievable bodybuilder because she's been just working so hard through her adolescence. A lot of times with a danger to her reproductive health, a lot these, these women go months without hit, uh, hitting their period when they're supposed to because of the way they're, they're, they train and their nutrition. But in this video, which uh, is really gross, she landed squarely on her head during a balance beam routine. And uh, so her big thing is, um, yeah, you know, this is, this is complete bullshit that this happens. Um, uh, she drove that point home by likening their sport to a dive into a pool with no water. She lauded Biles for standing up for her own health. A say that Moshiano writes she never felt she had. This is from a woman who's, uh, you know, years, decades away from the sport. I want to read this, too, for you fucking dummies who think uh, like all these stupid-ass right-wing pundits. Melissa writes this, I'm competitive, I've played sports, I have a do-not-quit-ever attitude when it comes to sports, but this article is an eye-opener. She writes, uh, I remember watching Carrie Strug, remember her? She had the leg all taped up and she did the uh, vault and landed like on one leg or some shit. I remember watching Carrie during the Olympics and was incredibly proud of her in that moment. Now, knowing how badly she was hurt, that forced her into into retirement at 18 years old, knowing what was demanded of her and the abuse she endured. Well, boy, I, I, um, I, I couldn't agree more with this. Um, who the hell wrote this? It's a, it's long, so I kind, I might have to jump around. The realization I had about Simone Biles is going to make some people mad, but oh well, yesterday I was excited to show my daughter's Carrie Strug's famous one-leg vault. It was a defining moment that I watched live as a kid, and my girls watched as 
uh, raptly as Kerry Strug fell and then limped back to leap again. But for some reason, I wasn't as inspired watching it this time. In fact, I felt a little sick. Maybe being a dad and teacher has made me soft, but I could see. But all I could see was how Strug uh, looked at her coach, Bella Caroli. Remember, I mentioned this asshole was pleading terrified eyes while he shouted back, you can do it over it. You can do it over and over again. My daughters didn't cheer when Strug landed her second vault. Instead, they frowned in concern as she collapsed in agony and frantic tears. Why did she jump again if she was hurt? One of my girls asked. I made some inane reply about the heart of a champion or Olympic spirit. And in the back of my mind, I, th- I-, I-, I thought was festering. And boy, she shouldn't have jumped again. The more the thought echoed, the stronger my realization became. Caroli should have gotten his visibly injured athlete medical help immediately. Now that I have two young daughters in gymnastics, I expect their safety to be the coach's number one priority. Instead, Caroli told Strug to vault again, and he got what he wanted, a gold medal, and that was more important to him than the athlete's health. I'm sure people will say Strug was a competitor. She wanted to push through the injury. That's probably true. But since the last Olympics, we've also learned these athletes were put into positions where they could be systematically abused both emotionally and physically, all while being inundated with the win-at-all-cost messaging. A teenager under these conditions should not have, should have been protected and told no medal is worth the risk of permanent injury. In fact, we know we now know that Strug's vault wasn't even necessary to clinch the gold. The U.S. already had an insurmountable lead. Nevertheless, Caroli told her to vault again, according to her own recounting of their conversation. I can't feel my leg, Strug said. We got to go one more time, Caroli said. Shake it out. Do I have to do this again? Strug asked. Can you? Can you? Caroli wanted to know. I don't know yet, said Strug. I will do it. I will. I will. Injury forced to retirement at 18. Dominic Mosciano, generational talent, also retired from injury shortly after. Top gymnast, literally pushed to the breaking point and then put out to pasture. Caroli and Nasser continued their long careers while the athletes were treated as a disposable resource. Today, Biles, the greatest gymnast of all time, chose to step back from the competition, citing concerns for mental health and physical health. I've already seen comments and posts about how uh, Biles failed the country, quit on us. Or can't, I've already, yeah, I've already covered this. It's, it's fucking sick. You guys are fucking assholes. There's no ifs, ands, or buts about it. We have got to take a step back and just... You know, I mean, is it really necessary at this point in time to go that route? I don't know. It just seemed a bit much for me. It kind of bothered me. All right. That's that. Okay. I did a cameo. Was it yesterday? Or today? Or Monday? I did do a cameo Monday. Adam wanted me to say happy birthday to his co-worker, Eric, who Eric um, was one of these guys who, like, was telling everyone it's his birthday. So he reached out, and he goes, dude, you've got to light into this guy. 
I did it live right here on the podcast. If you tell me you want me to do it live, I can do it live. And it's going to be the best damn thing. Everyone I do is now the new best thing that has ever happened to Cameo. Say what you want about me. There's no one better than me when it comes to Cameo. I can, with about two sentences of background, roast the shit out of anybody better than anybody else. And it's only $15.99. Cameo.com slash Eric Zane. Or on the Cameo app, search my name. Hire me to roast your friends for a birthday or whatever it may be, just because they deserve it. I, I don't give a shit. Well, that's what I excel at the most. I also can be very nice. Like I've had people say, uh, I want you to say hello to someone, and I want you to know that they don't like swearing, and they don't even know who the hell you are. So just wish them a happy birthday. I do that. I've done these for kids, too. Hey, you want to see the dogs? And I obviously keep it rated G or PG, whatever you want. My point is, hire me on the damn thing. It helps me. I've done 98 cameos in my life. They've all been great. Everyone's better than the last one. Everybody in cameos sucks shit except me. Paul writes this about said cameo yesterday. That took me four and a half minutes. Dude, if there was ever a reason for someone to hire you on cameo, look no further than the one today. For Eric, the birthday boy. It was the best. <clears throat> Again, he doesn't know Eric. He just watched it. Or listened to it. It was the best. It dropped me in laughter. It was high energy. Here are the highlights. About halfway through, the cameo, actually it became Adam's birthday. Where you wished him a happy birthday. That's the, the dude who hired me for Eric. Apparently, it switched mid <laughs> mid cameo. It did, however, quick switchly back or quickly switch back to Eric's birthday, where you gave him advice on how to instantly get fired from his job and possibly have a lawsuit brought against him for fingering all the women at work to celebrate his birthday. He should. He should be allowed to do this, you said. Now, I don't recall that. I am not kidding you. I do not remember saying that. Lastly, the cameo ends. But not like you think it would. There was, there was a wrap-up of happy birthday excitement for the guy and best wishes, still with that same energy. But then you told him to go fuck himself. An ending like no other. An amazing birthday wish for a couple of people, advice like no other, and a sign-off that uh, uh, a sign-off not found by anyone who participates in performing cameos. He suggests that there is not anybody on cameo that ends with telling people to go fuck themselves. <laughs> Dude, priceless! I loved it. My family has hired you several times for cameo. That will never stop. Because you just never know what you will get. It was great. Still laughing. Coop. Thank you, Paul. My point is, would you put me to work? Would you hire me for one of those? Quit screwing around. All right. Horizon Hydroponics. I visited there yesterday. John from Horizon Hydroponics and I 
did another version of uh, Growers 101. That was fun. Uh, if it, it, We talked about this. Um, he has the big grow throw event going on, and the rumor was that thing's sold out Saturday. That's what it said on his website. So I was like, hey, you sold out. Congrats. He goes, we did? I go, I think so. That's what it says. And he goes, I don't think we did. I go, uh-oh. I told everybody you did. This is He'll find room for you. If you love disc golf and you want to participate with a bunch of stoners hanging out, whatever, eating your edibles and uh, puffing away, I have no idea what's going on. Uh, you you got to go to horizonhydroponics.com and sign up. H-O-R-I-Z-E-N, hydroponics.com, for the growth throw. You, you have questions, there's a number right there. Call, you want to participate in the fun. There's also a 30% off sale going on on that day, all right, Saturday, at the Growers Outlet in Byron Center, Michigan. Now, at that event, there's a ton of these vendors that love giving away their stuff for free so that you will try it and then maybe buy the product later at some point. That's the point. So this is the time to get the freebies. So if you are a if you have a green thumb, a uh, green thumb, a green thumb, go to Horizon Hydroponics in Byron Center, the Growers Outlet, and uh, visit. Starts at 10 a.m. on Saturday. And as always, buy whatever you need online at horizonhydroponics.com. Orders two fifty and more, you get shipping free, and use the coupon code Zane Show at checkout to save ten percent. Okay. I feel a neck crack coming on. Wish me luck. I'm like, what are the gymnasts getting ready? Now, I'm going to increase the echo effect on the mic. The echo effect makes even the smallest pop sound ridiculous. If I get a good one, though, and I think there's a good one in there, a good, juicy, meaty bone grinding, it's going to be intense. So now I'm going to take the mic and put it directly on my cervical spine and then wrench on that bad boy to give you an intense blast of crack. Okay. Wish me luck. Now, this is either going to be awesome or terrible. I saw stars. Oh, boy. Oh, my God. I just wiggled my head a little, and I felt like a bunch of uh, meat chunks just kind of drop like rain in my neck. That feels weird. I got to do the other side. Now, I don't know if I'm going to get anything in the other side. A little bit. Oh, that was great. Oh. Wow. All right, is there any reaction? Okay. Sir cracks a lot, strikes again, says Tyler. Hopefully it didn't gross you out too much. Jimmy says, your head is going to fall off. 
I've got puke emoji from Brian. Nathan says, damn, dude, be careful. Easy snuff film. Dude, I've been doing that since I was 10. Megan says, I don't think you should see stars. Joe Martinez, he says, you shouldn't do that. Tu madre es una puta. He says, go to a chiropractor. I go once a week and feel awesome. Well, yeah, I don't need to, though. I just did it now. Patriot Nick says, I'm waiting for I saw stars to become I can't feel my legs. I have never, ever suffered any issue whatsoever. Man, does that feel good. Tyler says, your neck as una puta. My neck is a whore. Come on, man. Joe Martinez says he hasn't been sick in over six years. Well, that's good. I've been sick in two and a half. Quit bragging. To Madre cabron. Take that. Can you imagine if I like show up and my neck is way to the side and I can't bring it back? That's happened. Diana went to a chiropractor not not far from here. And uh, I sat in it and uh um I sat in while she was getting adjusted and the uh, and Diana says he cracks his neck all the time and she she went, she goes, Stop that. I go, What do you mean? She goes, Okay, and she pulled out like uh a uh, model, like a real model of a skeleton. She goes, you see this right here? I go, yeah. She goes, that is a, uh, that is the ver- ver- vertebrae prominence. And uh, people sometimes do what you do, and then that, like, gets stuck. And I'm going to have, and it's not fun make putting it back in place. So stop doing that. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll stop. I immediately started cracking my neck the second I walked in there. Pinche Pendo? Is that what you're telling me, Joe Martinez? Pinche Pendo. Okay. Uh, Quick word about my friend Frank Fuss. Don't make a fuss. The tank. Frank Fuss. Buyinsurancehere.com. That's where you go. Now, his says, it's my policy shop insurance. That's the name of the place. That's the name of the business. Now, um, he can help you in one way, shape, or form, no matter where you are in the listening audience. Now, I'll just tell you, he's not licensed to get you insurance in every state. But trust me, these independents know everyone. So it's well worth it if the first thing you should do, no matter what it is, to reach out to Frank for uh, health, life, auto, anything, okay? Medicare, dental, he does it all. He asked me to talk to you about if you know anybody who is getting ready to turn 65 very soon, within the next six months, and they'll be utilizing the Medicare system, which is what you pay in for your whole life, okay? You get, you, you get you're insured by the government. How great is that, Okay. But you got to make sure that everything is in order. And if you do it on your own, you're going to screw it up. So have Frank do it for you, and it doesn't cost you anything. This is a free service. It's just an expert that's helping you. He gets paid uh, by the insurance companies. That's it. It's not coming out of your pocket, okay? 
mypolicyshop.com is his website. And he has a special thing, an information uh, website called buyinsurancehere.com. There is where he's going to ask you your name, things like that, uh, what type of insurance you're looking for, how you heard about him. Please put Eric Zane, and off you go. Buyinsurancehere.com. Thank you, Frank Fuss. You can also call him at any, any time. Call him or text him. Just call him or text him to say hi. 616-914-4070. 616-914-4070. The Duchess of New Jersey says, uh, first of all, Tyler writes, chiropractors make me nervous. Oh, you have nothing to worry about. I will never let someone else crack my spine. They're great chiropractors are awesome man I, I lay in bed and watch videos of people cracking uh, the duchess of New Jersey says oh man I am the same way that cracking noise scares the hell out of me she writes you know on my phone I have a series of videos of super intense crackalackas. I talked to you about that before. I want to grab one for you. That's even more. Kate, I know you said you missed it. So here's this one. Oh, <laughs> okay. Hold on a minute. Let me back up with the echo effect. Oh! Holy shit! Oh my god! Hold on. I got an even better one. This is a good one right here. Oh. <laughs> okay, let's check this one. No, that's not a good one. No, that's just me being stupid. I've got videos of me cracking my neck. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh, that first one, it's like I'm dead. One though, holy shit! Let me go back to that. Listen to how loud this is. Let me crank up the volume. Oh my gosh! <laughs> yes! I could do that all day. I don't. I don't need to watch videos. I just sit there and watch me. Really, that is. Uh, it really makes me happy. What do they call that? A ASMR? AMSR? I always get it mixed up. ASMR, I think, is what it is. Ah, oh, it's just so satisfying to hear my bones crumple and break like that. 
Kate says it's it's creepy. The creepy moan at the end. Ooh, well, it feels good. That's what I do when I orgasm too. <laughs> Jackie, you can never speak of this. Don't ever discuss that. I hope she doesn't listen. Sounds like pool balls hitting each other. It truly does. Kate says, Jesus, Eric. <laughs> no, I'm, I don't. I'm more like a, oh, 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 guy. Are you guys talkers or groaners? I'm like a monster. Oh, boy. You can tell I totally got senioritis now. All right, let me remind you, or I am reminding you that uh, next week, Gary Owen is coming to town, and uh, I can't stress enough, we got to help Big Dick Donnie with an infusion of cash. Okay, make plans for either Thursday, Friday, Saturday, or Sunday with Gary Owen. Hey, what do you say we ate? Zane's been talking about these comedy shows. They're they're everywhere with Back Alley Comedy Club. Let's get a few people and let's go see it and help Big Dick Donnie out. That would be awesome. Okay, Gary Owen live. Tickets start at thirty five bucks, but you're gonna have a great night of comedy with Gary Owen. Okay. Uh, that's not bad for several acts appearing. Gary Owen live back alley comedy club in Muskegon on Thursday park theater in, uh, Holland on Friday spectrum lanes in Wyoming, Michigan on Saturday for two shows. And then Sunday at Billy's lounge in Grand Rapids for two shows, make plans for John Heffron and John reap back alley comedy club in the last week of October. Online at BackAlleyComedyClub.com. Find them on Facebook. Just search Back Alley Comedy Club or the uh, audio or the link in the audio podcast. Oh, man. That fucking show's getting late. Here I am dicking around, cracking my damn neck. A lot of loss and illness yesterday. Um, Let's start with the two people that didn't die that I will miss that I heard of. Uh, for my local hockey team, the one and only uh, Grand Rapids Griffins that I work for. And, uh, well, um, Dylan McElrath is now property of the Washington Capitals. Uh, he signed with them. He'll be uh, playing hockey, no doubt, with, uh, well, with, uh, I would hope that he would make the NHL team, but uh, he has spent considerable time in the American League. So I would uh, assume we'd, he'd be uh, playing for the Hershey Bears. Uh, and then our, our pal Joey Hicketts. First of all, before I get to Hicketts, uh, McElrath, I mean, this guy, hockey has changed. Um, gone are the days with uh, several goons on the team and, and the fighting like it used to, but it does still exist. And Dylan McElrath is the type of guy who just his presence on the ice means uh look out do don't even try to take liberties with other players because he's going to smash your faith uh faith in your face in and forget toughest guy in the american league he's the toughest hockey player in the world he will beat the shit out of anybody in the nhl and the ahl he's that devastating of a puncher he's as big as a house 
and he can also play. And God forbid if you have your head down through the middle, uh, I mean, this guy is going to lay you out, and he can score too. Uh, but, a, but a defenseman, uh, and so, you know, he is gone. That's a bummer for the Griffins. Steve Eiserman cleaning house. Uh, I, I trust Eiserman. Um, he knows what the fuck he's doing, so uh, he, Dylan moves on. Also moving on, breaking my heart, Joey Hicketts. Um, I remember where I was when uh, it says he's 5'8", but I think he's 5'7", or shorter. Uh, when, when I was standing, I was doing my thing, not standing, seated there doing PA for the Griffins and getting ready to uh, – they're, they're getting ready to do a face-off, and he's lined up where he lines up. Uh, this is not center ice. This is off the dot, off the uh, – on the side. And um, he's skating around, and I've never spoken to the guy or anything. And he sees me, and he smiles and, like, nods, and he just seemed friendly. I was like, well, that seems like a nice guy. Holy shit. And then I kept my eye on him, and he does that to fans throughout the game. He's co- he lines up for the faceoff and getting ready, and he makes eye contact with fans, and he smiles at them, or he'll, like, wink at a fan or something like that. Well, look at this guy. He's just fucking communicating with people during the game. So it wasn't long before we kind of hit it off, and uh, he's been uh, just a great friend um, for a long time. He's been on the show many times. And uh, uh, the story about Joey Hicketts, how he came to be, was and I, I I heard this from a guy named Yuri Fisher, who you might recall had a heart attack on the bench for the Red Wings back in the day as a defenseman, and they had to give life saving CPR. He almost died right there. They brought him back, and immediately he's never played hockey again. But he's a scout. So after the Griffins won the title in 2017, their second one, I'm talking with Fisher at the celebration and um joey comes up we talk to him and then joey leaves and he goes he goes have i ever told you the story about how he came to be i go no what is it he goes it's incredible the red wings were having what's called prospect camp they they do it every summer i don't know if they did it this summer and i know they didn't do it last summer because of covid but um in july right after the draft all the prospects go to prospect camp and so um they do that in Traverse City, Michigan, where um, a lot of the draft picks then go on to play either college hockey or junior hockey, 19 and under. And so they get drafted. Some, some get drafted right out of high school. Some go to college. But the point of that is all these prospects show up for a tournament. First, they practice, have a little camp for a few days, and then there's a tournament. And usually a couple other teams uh, send te- uh, players up there, Blackhawks or the Islanders or the Pen- usually the Penguins send send teams up there. So you got four squads, and they have a tournament, prospect tournament, and it's awesome. It's very fan friendly. People go and spend an entire weekend meeting the prospects, watching them play, and all these guys are years away from the NHL. But it's great because then you you get a firsthand um, interaction with players and the coaches and Steve Eisman, the general managers, you can interact with them. They have like tables set up. It's awesome. If you're really into hockey, I highly recommend you making the accommodations to go to prospect camp because you get kind of the future of the NHL. These are all going to be likely going to be, uh, players either in the American league or the national league. Some might peter out and not, but you know, that's the point. So, they all meet up there years ago for prospect camp, and they're short a defenseman. And all the coaches and the scouts are there. They go, we need another defenseman for the squad. 
And it's up to Fisher to get a defenseman in there, and they have to send invites. And not everybody get, gets an invite. Hicketts is not – he's not drafted. He was not drafted in any way. Um, so he has no team. But he's made his way through hockey, and he's a free agent. Um, so the Red Wings need a um, defenseman for the camp, and Fisher is told, hey, we have uh, – he reaches out to various agents, and one agent in particular says – I've got a guy here, but he's far away, and I can get him to you, but it's going to be expensive because he's in kind of like a off-the-beaten-path town called Kamloops, British Columbia, which is way the fuck west and north. And uh, at the time, Ken Holland is the general manager, and believe it or not, they do look at checks and balances and cost and getting people to the camp. And... This is before anybody's even arrived. And, uh, they, and Holland says, do we have that defenseman? We need a defenseman. And Fisher says, I got a guy. He's on the way. And then he's um, looking at the players. And it says so-and-so name, six foot one, 215, defenseman forward, uh, cost to get them to the camp. And they read Joe Hicketts, 5'7", 180, defenseman $2,600 and uh, you wave it what is this everybody else is like 600 bucks to get here what what what's who is this oh yeah you said you needed a defenseman he goes well uh, he better be fucking Bobby Orr if it's costing us $2,600 you'd think but the Red Wings they, they shouldn't be bitching about it. well no they do there, there's an accountant there a bean counter with Ken Holland at the time, it was a GM. What the fuck is this? We bring it into he's, he's five foot seven. You you brought me fucking Rudy to camp. What are you doing? And he goes, hey, hey so I trust so and so the agent. He swears to God, this dude is a is a high motor player. You're gonna love him. Well, you better fucking. You're gonna have another heart attack right here when I punch you in the throat, motherfucker. Because uh, the, he's the highest cost. They got they got people coming. They got Anthony Mantha and Tyler Bertuzzi and all these high end prospects are coming in for you know four hundred dollars to get to the camp. And Hicketts is a twenty six hundred dollar price tag. Holy shit! Uh, and so they um, they get him there, and well, he wins hearts. He wins hearts, and uh, holy shit! My God, Joey Hicketts earns a spot on the team. After an unbelievable performance at whatever age he was, 17, 18 years old at the time. And uh, he went on to have a terrific career with the Griffins and the Red Wings. And um, I was sad to hear yesterday that that is not happening now, that they have cut him loose. And he has been signed by um, the Minnesota Wild. To a two-way contract, not bad work if you can get it. Because every game, you know, he's making seven hundred fifty thousand dollars with the Wild, and if he happens to be playing for the uh, for the Iowa Wild, uh, it's considerably less, but it's still it's, th- it's a three hundred thousand dollar a year gig, so not bad at all. Uh, he's probably sleeping, but I'm gonna try to wake him up. 
Tanner. There's no way he's up. Call has been forwarded to an automatic voice message. That's embarrassing. Joe Hickus is not available. Should have known. I think it's like seven o'clock in the morning there. Either that or he's just like, oh no, it's him. Probably that. And then the hits kept coming. Bob Odenkirk, heart attack. Well, they haven't said heart attack, but it sounded like a heart attack to me. You know, Saul from Better Call Saul. Dude, seriously, this is like my favorite actor. Uh, And he collapsed on the set of the show. Uh, Better Call Saul, he collapsed on this, is in stable condition after experiencing a heart-related incident that caused him to collapse. Odenkirk was shooting Better Call Saul in New Mexico. TMZ first reported it in a statement. The Odenkirks thanked the medical staff looking after the actor as well as fans for their outpouring of support. Cur- uh, show is currently in production, in production for its sixth season. I cannot believe that. I have watched every single season of that, and I would have said, I would have told you it's been out for three seasons. It is a prequel, of course, to the uh, crime series Breaking Bad, and I dare I say it's better. It is better than Breaking Bad. If you've ever heard me rave about Breaking Bad, yes, you need to watch that. Just fast forward every time fucking Marie or Skylar talks. Uh, well, for sure, Marie, but maybe not Skylar. But I cannot stand Skylar. And then the character, Saul Goodman. Oh, my God. And then the show even better. According to the sources, Odenkirk went down and was immediately surrounded by crew members who called an ambulance. Oh, my God. I just hope that that... I hope he's okay. Selfishly, I hope he's okay so we can finish the fucking series. But no, seriously. Awful. And then the big one. Holy shit, man. Jesus! Hold on. Jesus just left Chicago and is bound for new all he... Dusty Hill... Slab in the bass. <coughs> Excuse me. Legendary bass player for ZZ Top. Dead at 72. Fuck me. The first concert I ever saw. ZZ Top. Eliminator Tour. 85 or 86. That summer, Pine Knob. I, I even sprung for the uh, uh, pavilion seats for like 15 bucks. Give me all your loving, all your hugs and kisses too. Now that's Billy Gibbons singing that. I mean, that's me singing it. He, he sings most of the songs, but actually Dusty Hill was pretty prominent in a lot of the harmonizing vo- uh, vocals uh, and um and just, just laying down the thunder night after night, Dusty Hill. Holy shit. When you're a three-piece band, you don't have a lot of wiggle room when guys croak. Heard it on the X. One of their best. Yeah, he sings that, doesn't he? 
He sings on Heard It on the X. Isn't that right, Dean? I heard it. I heard it. I heard it on the X. Derek says you're going to keep touring, though. Yeah, one of their guitar techs is, like, an awesome bass player. And actually, um, he had he has filled in when Dusty couldn't play before. So, I mean, that band is loaded with character. Frank Beard, one of the most underrated drummers there ever has been. And um, you, if you, even if you're just a casual fan, if all you know is, like, you know, fuzzy guitars and Back to the Future. But if you're a fan of music and a damn good documentary, you know that I I, uh, I tend to really get behind my documentaries and give them a strong push, okay? Uh, but the documentary Little Old Band, uh, ZZ Top, Little Old Band from Texas is on Netflix. you got to watch this thing. Um, these guys just force-fed what they do to the world. And... Um, because they weren't a blues band they weren't a rock band they weren't a country band they're zz top and it's just they describe it in particular ways that are just fucking insane and then well if you are a rock band are you a texas rock band and they're like no that's not really a term we're a zz top rock band so Holy shit. Uh, yeah, and uh, Nick says, Frank Beard, the only member without a beard. They're, these guys are fucking hilarious, and they, they inserted it into their music, or they still will because they're not going away. The two surviving members will continue on. And um, they describe themselves when they were playing a lot of uh, particular style music, and then all of a sudden they come out with an album that's way different than anything they'd done in the past. And Frank Beard described it as, well, we're known as a band that likes to play shuffle in C, which is just basically the same progression that you've heard many times in a blues song. It's, it's very formulaic, uh, formulaic. They call it shuffle in C. And there's an example of shuffle and see by them in the documentary. It's just that boom, 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 or whatever it is. I don't know. And uh, they they said that they didn't want to ever just be the band that continues. If we don't if we don't change, we're just going to be 75 years old playing shuffle and see. So if you were to go back to this band's body of work, it's there's really drastic changes like eliminator was much different than el loco and el loco was much different than you know what they did what, what they put together on like fandango which was uh um i, th I think that was the live one and then uh and then deguayo and um oh my god real grand if you were to compare like rio grand mud or their first uh, zz top's first album to what they do now Holy shit, it's just way, way different. And that's what they were always comfortable doing is, is throwing new shit out there. And that's the sign of a great band, you know. Uh, the Beatles did that shit, man, where they, you know, they went from being a fucking boy band uh, in 1963, 1964 to being this really heady type of artsy, you know, incredible uh, uh, things that they would, they would put out. So that's, that's, that's like my thing about ZZ Top. It's why I've always loved those guys. And um, so that's, I mean, gone, 72 years old. He died in his sleep. 
Johnny died one night, died in his bed. Bottle of whiskey, sleeping tablet by his head. Johnny's life passed him by like a warm summer day. If you listen to uh, Dusty died one night, died in his bed. Dennis says, Tony Gates has a great ZZ Top story. You should ask him about it. Uh, no thanks. That guy is a fucking handful. And I'm sure he's told the story about 300 times, and it's gotten longer each time because he's 94 years old. Fuck that guy. I don't know why it's weird. I'm getting all sorts of like laughy emojis. It's almost like there was something stupid happening in the background when I was trying to sing. What the hell am I? Uh, so it was a rough day. Dylan gone. Joey gone. And I called Jackie. I go, hey, I got bad news. She goes, what? I go, Joey Hicketts is gone. She goes, he died. I go, no, no, no. I mean, he just got picked up by another team. Okay. We're getting close, folks. Close to uh, finishing this up. I've got the asshole of the day next. Keep it in mind. Who's it going to be? Asshole of the day coming up. On the Patreon, I have to tell you about the story of uh, state uh, state uh, congressperson Jewel Jones. This is the asshole in Michigan, the Democrat, who got pulled over for drunk driving. And then uh, on the camera, the uh, dash cam, he's heard saying, you know, I'm going to call the governor and get you fired or some shit. And uh, I, I'm in charge of funding the state police, so I'm going to pull your funding if you don't let me go. What? This asshole cannot get out of his own way. Wait until you hear what he did with taxpayer dollars. And then try to justify it. This is bad. We'll get to that. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. That's how the show has stayed alive for two and a half years. Patreon. That, you listening to the free podcast and the sponsors. That's it. 
Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. If you want to keep the show alive and well and keep the content coming, it's not a donation because I give you hours of content every week with the exception of the next two weeks because I'm going on vacation. Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. Five or ten bucks a month. Five bucks for all the audio. Ten, ten bucks for all the audio, the video, and the live streams. It features my daily Patreon bonus, the Lost Zane recordings. Actually, I will, I will be posting the Lost Zane recordings while I'm gone. The Ben and Eric Patreon podcast when Ben Glaze and I get together. Smarter than a former drug dealer trivia and the Insane Asylum, my two-hour music-driven radio show where I play DJ on Patreon. And it is heard on the radio, but you get it before it even airs and with no commercials. Because who wants to sit through that shit? Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. I recommend the Eric Zane probation plan. Where you go there, Patreon.com slash Eric Zane. You sign up for five or ten bucks a month. And then you wait and listen and see how you like it. You'll know uh, right away if it's for you. If it sucks, cancel it, please. And then you're only out five or ten bucks. No big deal. And then you get it for the rest of that month. If you like it, though, you let it ride. Or you have the option to convert it to a yearly subscription. And I'll save you 10% when you commit to the year. So a little bit of savings there for you. What was $60 is now 54 What was 120 for a year is 108 That's how we keep the lights on in the Eric Zane Show podcast household. Thank you. Okay, be thinking of the asshole today. It's coming up next. TC Paintball, when I get back from vacation, we're going to be looking forward to August 29th. That's a Sunday. Paintball War 15, the unnamed war. I want to see you there. Reach out to me. Shoot me with paintballs. It's uh, regularly 48 bucks for this adventure. It's 35 if you're at this event. Okay? 35 bucks if you're at this event. You get the paint. You get the gun. You get the mask. Free pizza party from BC Pizza on Lake Michigan Drive in Grand Rapids beforehand. Check them out if you want a pizza. And uh, there you go. Let me know that you're coming. RSVP, please. We have potential to have 30. Because I just heard from Gabe the Honduran, who just got back from Honduras, and he mistakenly left his Eric Zancho podcast t-shirt there. And so his brother, who doesn't even know who the fuck I am, he just did FaceTime with Gabe, or whatever it was, um, on the, uh, not FaceTime, is it FaceTime? On the, I, on the iPhone? Whatever. And he took a screenshot of him, and he's wearing, the kid's wearing an a Eric Zancho podcast t-shirt and like a fucking sombrero some shit. Anyway, Gabe and his uh, posse of Hondurans or whatever are, are going to be part of that group. So we can play a round of uh, border war with uh, Gabe and the Hondurans. We, we did the border war before, so we'll have to do that again. It'll be like everybody will dress up as like um, ice, and then, you know, we go after Gabe and his posse, Okay. That is so racist. That is some real hard. That is some hardcore racist shit right there. Okay, that is a that is a racist joke, absolutely. And you're fine with it. I know you are because you know it's just me being an asshole. So if someone says, "Has Eric Zane ever said racist jokes?" You need to answer them. Yes, he has. 
and it's okay because we're all friends. So if anybody has a problem with that, go fuck yourself. All right. So there you go. TC Paintball online at tcpaintballgr.com. A&E Heating and Cooling. Love them. A-E Heatingcooling.net. Joe Martinez. Es una puta. I like Joe with the echo effect on him. Joe's like, uh, you know, enough, okay? A&E Heated and Cooling, 616-516-8579. Joe, you can participate in the border war, okay? 616-516-8579. Why haven't you participated in paintball recently? Come on. 616-516-8579. If you need anything heating and cooling-wise, this is your guy. The ultra-handsome, macho, Joe Martinez, 616-516-8579. Call or text him today. And last but certainly not least on this ultra-long Eric Zancho podcast, Cornhole America. Thank you so much, cornholeamerica.com. If you need a set of uh, cornhole boards, uh, you can, Adam writes, can I identify as Honduran that day? Absolutely. Um. Reach out to uh, Cornhole America to get a set of custom-made cornhole boards shipped anywhere in the USA. Please, if you need a a fun backyard event uh, or a game to play for your friends that are coming over, you you gotta go with Cornhole. Tried and true. People love it. Family fights have started because of Cornhole. Think about that that, uh, spectacle. Cornholeamerica.com. Put whatever you want onto the cornhole boards and the bags. Reach out, cornholeamerica.com. Okay. What's it going to be for the asshole of the day? Tyler Doan wins the award. Who is it going to be today? We covered a lot of ground again. But I got it in my brain. Might take me to write all this out. Congratulations to conservative talk show hosts Clay Travis and Buck Sexton and all of those crazy sons of bitch assholes who take a run at the 20-year-old rape victim who says, I don't feel like participating because I don't feel good, and try to indict her and hold her again for that. Uh, or, uh, hold, her, hold that against her, I should say. I don't know what the fuck I just said. Uh, Dirk says, you for driving me crazy with that howling. Teo says, chiropractors. Chris nailed it with those two douches that fill in for Rush. Okay. There you go, folks. That's it. I'm skipping Ben and Eric, uh, the Ben and Eric Patreon podcast this week because after I get done with the Patreon, I'm kind of like, all right, that's it. I'm not doing anything until. Uh, but uh, the the plan is on the. Oh, holy shit. Joey just called me back. Hold on a second here. I got to do this. Oops. Hey, hang on. Hang up. No, no, no. Don't hang up. Uh, I'm podcasting. Can I talk to you? Yeah, sure. I was just given <laughs> I was just given the story, Joey Hicketts, of 
when you were a free agent and you showed up at prospect camp and nobody expected a five foot whatever defenseman oh yeah yeah and uh how great it was i was just kind of reminiscing about the uh you earning that spot on that team and nobody really saw that coming at the start of that camp but you uh you won everybody over and have had a great time in grand rapids people are going to miss you joey hicketts yeah that was uh i mean i didn't get to that yesterday at one of the local radio stations but that was like one of the best best things in my career um going to Detroit and then, and then getting that contract and being able to spend five years of, of my life at GAR was um, something special. And I'll, I'll always remember Grand Rapids. That, that was something. Um, you know, the people of the city, the people of Michigan, West Michigan, um, were always so good to me. My teammates, you know, the, the, the coaches, the training staff, everyone was, was so great. Uh, I'll definitely remember that. And then I'll remember our, our radio, our uh, PA announcer. <laughs> <laughs> one, of, uh, one of my favorite things, Joey, was uh, I was talking to your mother about this, and I think your grandmother even weighed in about you tend to be a little bit nosy. Does that, does that, uh, does that uh, fit in your world? Because whenever the ice would get messed up, you would always kind of hover over it to see how the ice crew would be maintaining it. I don't know if I'm nosy per se in real life, but on the ice, I feel like just got to make sure everything's going okay. And I feel like I'm a guy that can do that. You know, even, though I'm, I, even though I have no idea what the hell they're doing on the ice half the time, but I'll yeah. go act like I know what I'm doing and, and try to fool people, you know? Do you remember that one game against Chicago when somebody with the uh, the uh, Zamboni driver went too deep on the ice and, and wrecked the ice? Yeah, in the playoffs, yeah. Yeah, and then you, I remember you guys were actually, like uh, you and a couple other members of Chicago were reading the rule book as to how they would proceed to figure out how you guys could get the game going, like like what the plan was. Remember that? Yeah, I remember. Well, they were trying to to cancel the game because we were up because we were we were up like three or four goals, I think, at the time. So they were trying to figure out a way to to cancel the game if it went too long. And we're like, no, 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 we're finishing this game right now because we got them on the ropes, type thing. Right, right. And and so they were trying to get out. And then I saw the breathing rule book over there, and I'm like, I wonder how long I can stand over there before somebody comes and says something to me. So I went over there and stood there. Probably a stupid thing looking back, but um, it only took him about a minute or two before yeah. the ref decided that was a bad idea. Well, I actually took a picture of that. It was you and a couple and and a couple dudes from Chicago actually with the book, consulting the book, and uh, and yeah. uh, and Pete Walner at the time he was writing for M Live. He goes, "That is an amazing picture," and I think he post <laughs> I think he posted that picture <laughs> like as uh, part of an article. It was. Uh, you were always kind of mixed up in uh, in those in those little nuance moments, and uh, uh, you uh, with the, a, a long list of amazing uh, amazing things that happened, including the 2017 championship. Man, and I mean that was that was as real as it gets. I, I I've never experienced anything like that. Had you ever had anything like that happen where you'd won a championship leading up to that? Well, I mean, I was real curious, but uh, I everyone always asked what what was you know, better uh, World Juniors or, or Calder Cup, but they're two different things. When I mean, I was young when I won for Canada. I was only 18 at the time. And when you win for Canada, in Canada, 
that's something that you could never, that feeling you could never replace that. But right. um, two years later when we won the Calder Cup, I always say that's probably the most important hockey championship that, that I've won. Um, like to myself, not, not to the country, not to anyone else per se, but to me to go through, uh, you know, a 10 month season with the same group of players, um, as opposed to, you know, going together for three weeks, winning and then everyone going back to their club teams. Right. I think when, when you build that bond over 10 months and you go through, um, you know, the dog days and you go through some practices where no one wants to be there and you kind of, you, you bond together over those types of things. And when you, when you end up winning with a group like that, that's been together for so long. And, um, I mean, you know, it's never going to be the same, you know, someone's leaving after that. Um, it's, it's a special feeling. And, and that's, like I said, that's probably the most important championship of everyone. Uh, you, you were uh, an, a, an epitome of consistency. I mean, uh, when it comes to the defensive uh, presence, I mean, you're blocking shots uh, every game, uh, and, and it seemed to be no drop-off in any way, shape, or form. Uh, when you're a fan like me, it's sometimes a head-scratcher when we see that both Dylan McElrath and Joey Hicketts aren't going to be there anymore. I know you look at it as, like, just a business, but, I mean – it just it just seems like it's uh, it just doesn't seem right to us as fans. Uh, what do you think about all that from your perspective? Well, I'm gonna miss Grand Rapids, you know, maybe, maybe more than some of the fans, you know, will miss me. I I, I think. Um, oh, I don't know about it's that. A, it, it's a place where I have, you know, I, I've grown into, you know, a man. I, I came there at twenty. Never lived alone. I've been, like lived with billets and stuff, and and got there and and learned, you know, how to how to live life. And um, like I said, I always hold a special place in my heart. At the same time, um, I think for me to to move on with my hockey career and and hopefully get it, you know, a substantial chance in the NHL, I thought Minnesota was was a good place to be. Um, when it comes to, I mean, was it, uh, did the Red Wings have nothing to offer you? No, no, they, they had stuff to offer. I just, you know, with talks to me and stuff, I just thought Minnesota was going to be a better opportunity, um, you know, to make the NHL, um, Detroit, uh, I mean, they're in a rebuild. They're, they're looking to push young guys in with older veteran guys to kind of show them the way and I think I may have just got lost in the shuffle there so maybe going to a team that's more in contention right now um, looking for someone to, to fill in um, kind of a middle bottom pair D man I think uh, a team like Minnesota fits that um, fit that pretty well um, one of the things that stood out to me when you played for the Griffins was, and I talked about this earlier in the podcast when I was like, oh man, holy crap. I remember when I first had an, the first interaction I had with him, we hadn't spoken. You kind of just looked at me and like gave me a nod on a face-off, which happened quite a bit between us over the years. Oh shit, there's Joey. You know, um, and you and you do that with fans too. You have a lot of communication with fans while you are actually like lining up for a face-off. You've been doing that your entire career, right? Yeah, I, uh, 
I mean, if we're not going to have fun out there, there's no point in being there if we don't love what we're doing. Might as well not do it. So right. I've I've always loved kind of doing it, those little interactions, whether it's uh, just a nod uh, before a face-off, uh, skating around before the, the period starts, that type of thing. I think it's important to show, um, one, that, that we're human that we're going to have fun but two these are these are supporters these are people that that take time and, and money out of their day and to to come watch us and um you know you want to put on a show but you also want to to show how much we appreciate what um their their support means to us as well january 7 if by chance by some strange coincidence by because there's no doubt you're going to be spending uh, all of your time with the Minnesota Wild because we know you're an NHL player. But if by chance you happen to be with the Iowa Wild, you the Iowa Wild are in Grand Rapids on January 7th. I am looking at the schedule. I I, I don't know. That's going, That would be very, very weird to me to see you in another uniform. I don't I, – that, that's going to be just the oddest thing, Joey. I think it'll be odd for me. Um, it's something that you don't think is going to happen until it happens. And, um, you know, that game especially, I'm, I'm hoping that I'm, I'm on, in Minnesota for that one. That It would be a very emotional time kind of kind of looking around and, and remembering all the good times that have happened in that building. And then knowing everyone, well, I guess I got Turgeon now. He came to Minnesota too. Did I mean, he, if you can believe that. We lost, wait but, a minute, I uh, didn't know. I didn't know we lost Turgeon. Uh, you there? Yeah, I'm here. I'm here. I didn't. I, I didn't know. Yeah, so I didn't know we lost Turgeon uh, too. Be a, a, a weird time coming back. Did that? I had no idea that we lost Turgeon. Yeah, he signed in Minnesota yesterday too. I didn't oh, fuck. One after the man, the, I tell you, the, the hits keep on coming. I knew about Mac. I knew about you and now Turjan. Anybody else that, uh, that I should know about now that, that's, uh, that, that hasn't been talked about? Uh, not that I know oh, of yet. Shit. That's rough. Well, you know how it is. Uh, that's, that's the business. And uh, it's unfortunate for fans, but at the end of the day, I guess they know what they're doing, you know? Well, yeah, I think... I mean, it's tough for the fans, but I think they got to respect everyone's choice. Um, not saying that's the right or wrong thing to do, but I just think, um, you know, a guy like me and, and, and turns on seems, I guess, one of many, I think we just saw that there's more opportunity there. Um, things that they've got not necessarily stale, but a, a fresh start is never a bad thing. Yeah. And, um, you know, looking forward to it. And now at least we know someone going to the same right, organization right. again. You guys are going to do great. I know that. I'm just, uh, we're just bummed. And I'm, uh, I'm glad I was able to get you on here. Sorry I called so early, but I, I, what happened was I kind of just got on the topic of you and just started talking about how you earned that spot way back at Prospect Camp. When uh, when Yuri Fisher brought you in and you were the most expect, uh, the uh, most expensive plane ticket to get yeah. <laughs> to get there that was uh one of my favorite stories well i tell you what i yeah. this does this is a bummer but it's not goodbye you know i mean we'll have you back on and in here you know you're a, a long time uh friend of the show and and even more so than that so you know i i wish you nothing but success and good luck blocking shots for the wild you know all right well thanks Xander. it was nice talking to you always a pleasure joey yep
I had fun. Thank you. All right, buddy. Thank you. Yeah. There you go. See ya. See Bye. Ya. Wow. <sighs> Fuck, man. That is a... Uh... That's bittersweet. I think Big Head Todd and the Monsters said it best when they said it's bittersweet, more sweet than it's bittersweet, more sweet than bitter, bitter than sweet. It's bittersweet, more bitter, sweeter than bitter, bitter than sweet. What? Knock it off. Done podcasting. Check you out on Patreon. Till next time, folks. Have a good one. Thank you so much. Bye bye.